Welcome to the All-American Savage Show podcast with your host, John Burke, and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke, with my beautiful heterosexual bearded life partner, Josh. Did I mention Jewish? I forgot if I mentioned Jewish or not. It's Josh. Oh my God. So apparently, Josh has a problem at his gym to where uh, I guess people just don't understand personal space in the locker room because from what you ex- uh, what you described for me was that you're in there after you get done with your workouts, you know, and then you're sitting your stuff on your bench and you said that guys in, in, in a completely empty room, yeah. guys are coming up and putting their shit right next to you in the changing room. It's a little weird, right? I mean, if their locker coincides to yours, then no, not no, really. They're just open lockers, so oh. you bring your own lock. Yeah, that's kind of gay. You have that, all that's these. That's kind of gay. Yeah. So Why would you do that? There's that's, like nobody in there, so I specifically go to the place where, like, you know, yeah, I'm, it's I not know because I, I feel I feel like urinal bro code right. rules apply on this one. So for those that don't know, especially the women, I think most women know this too. But like, if there's a row of urinals, like one through five, and there's only two of you. Bro code means that you're taking urinals one and five. You're not going near each other. Now, if there's like three guys that got to pee, you're going like one, two, and five, or one, three, and five, but you're going to put a space in there. You just you just don't do that. That's weird. It's just, it's unwritten bro code. Um, but if somebody's putting their shit down next to yours in the gym, it's like, it's bro, what happened. Like I come up, in from uh, finishing up my workouts. So I take a shower there, so I come in. And, How is uh, it doing, Pilates? <laughs> Challenging. <laughs> but rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> I got the black lung pups. Get the black lung. What is yeah. it like doing gay yoga? I've heard about that. <laughs> Something that, like we're like doing downward dog with another guy. It's like, oh yeah, so I can feel your chi and energy. Boom. I'm touching your chakra with my tongue. <laughs> That's pretty gay. 
pretty oh my gosh what's going on folks hey if you're watching on rumble make sure you hit that little likes button i'm gonna hit mine too so we get more rumbles more views we're growing you can follow us over here on rumble and a big shout out we got another 50 dollar donor on local supporting the podcast big thank you um, we have two $50 donors. Man, I cannot thank you guys enough. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And, thank you know, you. if it's 5 bucks to $50 to 100 thank you. That supports the podcast, supports the show, and also supports the Locals platform and Rumble. We appreciate them working hand-in-hand hand with us to help us grow this show. It's been nice. I had some woman pissed off at me yesterday, and I guess uh, commented in the comments talking about, like, why are you trying to split our party? What's your beef with Charlie Kirk? It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize we couldn't criticize people. I saw that. I thought we should, uh, we should, you know, kiss each other on the nipples and sing Kumbaya and do that kind of gay shit. So, no, no. We, we reserve the right to openly disagree with anyone yeah. we see fit to, even within the party. And if that includes punching right, then so be it. Because those same types out there, you're very hypocritical. Like, lady, I realize that you're probably like a political Karen. You don't realize who it is that you're talking to. But let me explain something for you real quick. So put the crochet down, turn off Grey's Anatomy, and put it right here, sister. Okay? Right here. Um, when you say stop trying to split their own party, I bet you would not hesitate in calling out the McCarthys and the McConnells and the Grams. They're in the GOP, yeah. but do you reserve the right to openly criticize them? Yes, you do. The reason you don't want me going after Kirk, and it's a few things I don't agree with him on. I don't hate the guy. I just disagree with a lot of what he does, or a few things he does. Um, the reason you're going after that is because you're butt hurt that I don't like somebody that you secretly worship. That's all it boils down to. You're projecting your own bias onto me. When in fact, you're your own problem. Somebody like me that comes along and has an unbiased, neutral opinion that says, this is what I see. This is why I disagree with it. You don't like that. You don't like hearing that. And it bothers you because again, just like every other one of these MAGA cultists, your identity is wrapped up in a singular figure. It should not be that way. Have I made myself clear, Karen? Now go pick up the crochet and shut the fuck up. Daddy's talking. <laughs> I, th I felt like we were pretty fair about it. He said he had some really good points. He's a Absolutely, he's yeah. He's a great debater. Yeah, and I love how people are like, oh, he does so much for outreach like she did. I was like, nobody says he didn't. Yeah. Nobody says he didn't. Right now, what you're trying to do is pick up other details that give him good credibility and use that to run the interference on other details I criticize him mm -hmm. on. <clears throat> It's it's a very easily identified tactic, and these people are too stupid to realize that. So it's whatever. Oh, we got a big show for you today. Thank you for tuning in. And for those that are tuning in for the first time, let me just explain myself. I'm a centrist. I'm a, I'm a constitutionalist. I believe in life, liberty, and the pursuit of getting the government out of my fucking business. And Josh is the same way. We are openly homosexual with each other. No, that's not true. Josh is Jewish. No, that's not true either. <laughs> you don't know where to believe like, anymore. I'm like 1% Ashkenazi Jew. That's right. Hey, look at this. Hey, yeah, yeah. So, no. what do you mean, you people? <laughs> what do you mean, you people? <laughs> Apparently, you're in the conspiracy theorism of, like, running Hollywood. With Josh, are you getting royalties from that? Is Kanye telling. hitting you up? Is Kanye okay. hitting you up? Like, you motherfucker. <laughs> you motherfucker. Oh my gosh. Oh, good Lord. But uh, we got Michael Savage going after Donald Trump. I love Michael Savage. I do. He is like the, uh, I don't know if he's from New York or Jersey. But every time you listen to Michael Sav, let me tell you something. These motherfuckers, he doesn't cuss. But, you know, Michael Savage, he's like that grumpy old dude in the apartment that you're just kind of like, ah, God bless him. He's got a heart of gold. But you secretly worry about taking him out in public. It's like, ah, these fucking Chinese. Like, God damn it, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, you don't say that. <laughs> it's it's kind of like the racist grandpa. Like, yeah, we fought the slant-eyed Japs back in WW2. It's like, good, granddad, you can't. We don't, we don't say that anymore. It's like, ah, fucking guys bombed Pearl Harbor. Fuck them. It's like, jeez. Today is Pearl Harbor, by the way. 
the way. So it's interesting. We've already managed to offend the Jews, the Chinese, uh, Michael Savage fans. Like we're just and the Charlie Kirk fans. We're going after everybody today. It's it's nice. It's John Burke unmotherfucking censored. And that's what you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate people. I do hate Hitler. Sorry, Kanye. I hate to bust your bubble on that one. I don't like Hitler. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I saw the uh, Stephen Crowder interview that he did with. Uh, so describe that for me. I guess Crowder interviewed Jones. What happened with that? Uh, it, was, it was pretty good. He was how, talking how to. He's like, yeah, it's like the only person that can make Alex Jones uncomfortable. Oh, Crowder Kanye, said that. Yeah, motherfuckers. So I need to get on Crowder, but he doesn't really have guests a lot, and he's local too. Yeah, he's local to us. So I'm trying to like, how can I reach out to this dude and get him in here or us on there? But I don't think he does a lot of, uh, I don't think he does a lot of things with Guest other people. Appearances. Yeah. I, yeah. I, from my understanding is he just doesn't really, um, doesn't put himself out there, but you know, at the same token, I get that. Like I totally get neither. You know, Alex Jones talked about, uh, Nick Quintez and he's yeah. like, you know, he, he really came out in support of Hitler. He's like, you know, I didn't really see that about him. And, uh, this he's like, Nick you know, Fuente. he, he says some things. Those things that I do agree with. He's like, I'll have him back on the show. And oh, bro, and that's a he's dumb like, move. Like, dumb you know, move. He's like, I believe I'm an absolute free, believe in free speech and all that stuff. And that, you know, that's fine. No, I get that. But at the same token, like, you already know what this guy stands for. Yeah. Cool. He's made his opinions known. He's a fucking white nationalist. I get out. And again, I rarely use that term because I think it's been so misconstrued mm-hmm. and taken out of context by the left. He is. He is a theocratic white nationalist. He said this. I mean, it's, it's come out time and time again. And so is Milo. By the way, if you go Pete Milo's telegram, you'll see his stance. Mm-hmm. Milo's a grifter. He's in it for himself, though. Yeah, he's a grifter. But yeah. um, it was good, though. I mean, it's interestingly. I just find Alex Jones interesting. <laughs> interesting is, yeah, I, I will give you that. Yeah, interesting he, is a good word. It is a good word. He, he's kind of retarded is another guy. one, but yeah. He's entertaining. Yeah. I, I don't get, like, what other... um. What other reason would you have for bringing somebody back on the show uh, that you already know is like an open fucking white nationalist? What's the what's the intent there? You've already got his opinion out there. Just uh, I think it's him trying to get more views, yeah. get more stuff. It's it's Alex Jones yeah. doing what Alex Jones does best, which yeah. is he's like a hype man. He's a political um, Rodney King, not Rodney King. Oh, fucking uh, what's the black dude with the big spiky white hair, the promoter, fight promoter? Don King. Don King. He's like the political Don King, <laughs> just white and fat with no hair and a beard. Um, that's him. Like he's amazing. He can, he can get a crowd. He can rally some people. You know, he's getting, he's just, he wants to get eyes on his channels and that's yeah. what he did. You I think know, Gavin McGinnis did a, an interview with Kanye and Nick Fuentes. Yeah. He's making the rounds in the right leaning circles and literally he goes on there and Guinness, McGinnis hits him with some stuff. He's kind of like, you know, but didn't the Jews make you a lot of money? Mm-hmm. And so Kanye is kind of like, but you gotta love Jesus. It's like, bro. Okay. Now you're just preaching. It's okay. Cool. But anytime somebody tries coming up with a political opinion and they want to wrap it around Christianity, it's like, dude, you lost me. Not that I don't agree with you, but it's like these opinions you have need to be, I want to say, like, liberty-based. It's not trying to push a singular religion or singular anything because if Islam was doing it, we'd be pissed the fuck off. So what makes you any better to do it? Yeah. Well, it's because I agree with it. Well, then that just makes you a hypocrite. It's like if you truly believe in freedom, believe as you want and stop trying to force it on others. And that's why I agree with the Fuentes, the Milos and people like that. But it is what it is. He brought up the fact that, you know, he thinks that some of the stuff that Kanye's doing is um, is good, like Mm -hmm. bringing attention to. you know, abortion and mm-hmm. how it's majority of black babies being yeah. aborted and all that stuff, eugenics, yeah. you know, it's, 
He just thinks he's uh, uneducated about yeah. Hitler and what Hitler had done. And Jones goes into no, his. Uh, no, there's no way. Well, uh, Alex no. Jones goes into his history of his grandparents fighting in World War One, World War Two. Yeah, he where did he that. Heard stories. Yeah, he did uh, that with the Kanye interview. And he's trying to do that as a means of like deflecting away from the Kanye's dumb shit he was saying. But Kanye to sit there and say that Kanye doesn't know what Hitler's responsible for. No, he knows. Bro, there isn't a Maybe. person. He's older than us. Yes, he knows. We, Kanye? We know, oh, fuck yeah. Kanye knows. You don't get to, I mean, come on. Unless, and also the reason I know he knows, even he was a Holocaust denier. He said, yeah, Hitler didn't kill that many Jews. So he knows. And I love how he said that because it was like, well, you know, <laughs> it wasn't that six that million Jews. guys. It was only like two million. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, do we really hate him? It's like, come on. It's like, dude, that was the dumbest shit I've ever fucking seen that idiot pull. Like, sincerely. <laughs> Like, that guy's a fucking moron. Like, uh, yeah. And it's Kanye. You know, this is what Kanye does. But apparently he likes him. I mean, he said he's, you know, he'd like to have another conversation with him off of, I don't you know, know the uh, platform there. I and just kind why. of like, uh, I don't know. What do these guys hope? And again, I'm not disparaging having open, having open conversations. Mm-hmm. I'm not discouraging that. But once you've had that conversation, you keep bringing him back on the show. Yeah. Uh, maybe in a sense of just the debate, I guess I could see that. I don't think he meant bringing him back on, just talking to him like one-on-one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, outside It's like, how many times do you have to hear Kanye say he he loves Hitler? Like, then it's gonna be, okay, so he's a fan of the, he's a friend of the show. And you've aligned yourself with somebody that's got such an insane outlook. But I don't think that will ever happen. I don't know. He's bringing back Nick Fuentes. I think Kanye uses these platforms to kind of get himself out there and get his messaging out there. But he doesn't need that. That's the thing. Uh, he doesn't need that. He's got his own platform. He has to, yeah. Well, he does? Yeah, he's got what? Instagram. He's still does on he there. Does he use it? Yeah. He just went after Elon Musk. Called him like, he, bro, he went after Elon and was trying to say that, is he part, he looks part Chinese. And Elon responded and said, I take that as a compliment. He said he gave it as a compliment. Yeah. He's which like is a hybrid Chinese but person. But the point still stands. Like, he still has the ability <laughs> to get his message out there if he stops saying dumb shit that violates terms of services. I guess. I mean, but where, where can he say those things other than Alex Jones show? Right. He could easily start his own podcast. I mean, he couldn't say it on Instagram, right? True. Like if, what did what happened when he posted yeah. uh, that symbol on Twitter? What I'm saying he is got, he has he the ability. Banned. He has the ability. This guy can put out his own music. He can put out his own podcast. He can do whatever he wants. I don't think so. I think. Yeah, absolutely. What we I, did it. Why can't Kanye? I think eventually you get. I mean, he could, I guess, come on Rumble. Yeah. Put, put, do a podcast 100%. like that. He knows about Rumble. Shout yeah. out to Rumble. Shout out to Rumble. <laughs> Shout out to Rumble. Okay, I guess you're right. I'm just I, th- I think he definitely has the means. We should not discredit or under, uh, uh, I guess you could say, um, underestimate this dude. He has the means. He's a smart motherfucker. Let's not even kid ourselves. He's a, he's a I think, musical savant. It's just that he's got a touch of, like, the stupid when it comes to, like, issues in regards to, like, world history and the genocide of certain people and cultures. So, but I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Still recovering from this thing. Booked, um, booked a Paris trip, got all that stuff. We're getting, um, everything's booked up. I had a, a private tour of Versailles that got canceled. It was on Christmas day. I was like, fuck, I really wanted to go tour Versailles. Hmm. Um, but it was, uh, it was a private tour and they pulled it, but I managed to, uh, I think we're going to do it the right way this time. You know, those buses in like these big cities, it's like the hop on hop off tours. Mm-hmm. They just circle around the big city. And yeah. they're like, it's like a taxi service or tourists. And you buy a ticket, you get at full access for a day. So I got a two-day ticket because I have this feeling that I would like to get on a bus with a girlfriend and just drive. We see something, get off. Go check it out. Go fuck around in that area. Get back on the bus. Head to a different part of Paris. Same thing because I've never been all over Paris before. My last visit there was um, was very brief. 
But we got tickets to the Eiffel Tower, the Louvre, and stuff like that. And then um, I booked us a Christmas little private tour. Uh, and then I got us a tour in the uh, two-seater little, uh, I forget what the actual cars are called, uh, to take us around Paris. We're going to do that early in the morning, get the tickets for the hop-on, hop-off bus. So we'll kind of do some recon in that little car and then get on the bus to take us to those areas and be like, okay, we're going to go check that out. So got that locked in finally, and I'm excited for this. Like, I'm so excited for this. We do sounds, we do like Christmas in Paris. We hit London, and then we hit over to Scotland for New Year's in Scotland and oh, Edinburgh. Yeah? Uh, we're going to be in Edinburgh. And apparently Edinburgh is a huge whiskey place. I don't like whiskey. The girlfriend does. She's excited for that. Um, they have a higher Harry Potter tour over there. Really? Yeah. Some of the places where J.K. Rowling, I guess, was uh, influenced into writing uh, certain aspects of the book or certain uh, scenes. And they actually take you to these places where she was inspired. So we're excited for that. So we have to get matching Hogwarts sweaters, I guess. I, I'm, I'm gaining it up. I don't know, dude. I, I do. I can see that. Yeah, I can totally see that. Put a little lipstick on. Put a yeah. little, little rouge. <laughs> Chuck your sack back. <laughs> Yeah, put this really get in, into put it. Put this dick in your mouth. <laughs> ah, that looks good. That's good on you. It tastes good. <laughs> it tastes like my father's disappointment. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. All right, folks. So this episode is brought to you by ShellshockCBD.com. And for those that didn't know, if you're interested in trying out any of our products, which we have a lot of great products, for this month and this month only, code JOLLY is going to save you 25% off the sample packs of our gummies. We have the Rackout gummies. These are melatonin and CBD put together to knock you the hell out. Not only is it going to help you fall asleep, you will stay asleep. Now, you can wake up feeling groggy if you take too much. That's why you got to start small and work your way up. Folks, we have hundreds upon hundreds, if not thousands, of amazing Google... Re- no, it's hundreds, not thousands. I, yeah, definitely hundreds. Um, I want it to be thousands and we're getting there. Um, for those that give us these great reviews, go read them, go see for yourself. Uh, I think the negative reviews are people that just don't like me as a person because I'm the CEO or the CEO is like, John Berg's a douchebag, fuck his company. Yeah. Suck a dick. I responded to him and said, Hey, if you had yeah. a problem, like give me your order number, I'll yeah. spend your money. But we have a great customer support. Eh? No, of course not. We have a great customer support. We're still getting orders out, folks. Uh, we are, we are, we're getting on that. They are working their asses off back there. They're getting this number whittled down. We appreciate your patience. Yes, again, Code Jolly, 25% off. We have the Delta 8 gummies, Delta 9 gummies. Uh, if Delta 8 is illegal where you're at, check out the Delta 9. It probably isn't illegal. Usually the same effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh is a bigger fan of Delta 9 than I am. Um, but Delta 9, same, pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. And people love it. It gets them stoned. It gets them high. It gets them relaxed. It's wonderful for pain management. We had a uh, testimony yesterday from a lady that has really, really bad fibromyalgia. She yeah. uses her Delta 8. Uh, we're, we're incredibly grateful. So when you share it, when you tell your friends, when you give word of mouth, that helps us grow. That helps us get the message out. And honestly, um, well, fuck, we might as well say it. Well, no, should we talk? Mm, I don't know. I don't want to. I'm, I'm, ba- I'm guilty about. Um, well, no, fuck it. We're talking about it. Uh, the, the new charity thing we're wanting to do. Yeah. Um, you remember the true North program? We're bringing it back, but we're not going to be giving products to veterans. What the goal is, and we're working with a local friend of mine that runs the Metroplex, uh, Semper Fi fund and toys for tots. Um, we're working with him as far as like helping sponsor or pay for veterans tuition to trade schools. And basically the premise of this, we still have a lot to work out. Um, the premise is through your donations and through certain products that we mark, uh, things on, uh, that money goes straight from us to the university. We have to find these universities or find these schools that are going to want to work with us. So if a veteran wants to go in there and apply to get a scholarship through us, uh, we'll call it like the shell shock trade school, whatever. I don't know. Shell shock, Jimmy jerk and dick. We'll figure something out. Um, <laughs> 
but it's just a means of, I think, helping combat a lot of the veteran issues in our area. So we're going to start in Dallas and, you know, we, I don't know where it's going to go, but I remember we used to do like buy a bottle, give a bottle. And, uh, that we kind of dropped the ball on that. That was like, you know, we didn't really invest a lot of time because shell shock was growing so quickly. And it's like, okay, now we're in a position where after this new year, we're kind of going to slow it down a little bit. And Brian's going to come on board and he's going to help us run the true North shell shock, true North. What are you smiling at over there? Uh, how about Chili said, how about guns for tards? <laughs> guns for tards. It'd be number one on the list. <laughs> it would be. Uh, but no, we're going to be doing that. So that's, we're going to focus on that next year. And that's going to be a big project of ours. So you can donate to this. Not yet. Um, we're going to offer shirts. Um, and again, again, it's just basic. It's like, we're going to pay the university. Hey, if you take this veteran in and he applies for it upon graduation, we cover the tuition. Because, you know, we're trying to, we got to sit down next week and really uh, go over this thing, develop the business model uh, and things such as that. So we're excited to launch this thing and it's going to help local veterans. And it'll just be one of those things. If you apply for a school and you're looking for a scholarship through the Shell Shock Fund, mm -hmm. you can apply to us. And uh, Brian's going to be spearheading this. And I don't think he's going to want to get paid either. He wants to do this all for free, which I fucking love about him. And we're going to help pay for veterans uh, trade schools which helps get them jobs and gets them off the streets and all kinds of great stuff right there. So, yeah, because unfortunately the GI bill and some other things, there are certain things that does not cover, um, especially when it comes to trade schools and things like that. A lot, it does, but for things that doesn't, we're going to be there to kind of try and fill in the cracks. So looking forward to doing that. Uh, have you guys thought about getting into the teas with CBD? Um, have you ever been on the webpage? We have teas, we have citrus, we have menthol or mint, and then we have the, uh, lavender lavender. So now we have the teas on there. So, Y'all just need to get on the website and look around. <laughs> it's, it's in there. It's satisfying. I couldn't do a dad joke. All right, fuck that. We've had enough. Let's get into it, folks. And now the news. <laughs> we need to get a much better intro thing for that. Like something like... Da, 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 da. Michael Savage on Trump meeting with scum Kanye and Nazi Fuentes. He became his own worst enemy. <clears throat> Michael Savage does not pull any punches. That's one thing I do respect about this guy. I would love to have a one-on-one -on -one with the guy. Uh, former President Donald Trump has become his own worst enemy, according to conservative radio legend Michael Savage, who slammed Trump's recent meeting with scum rapper Kanye West and Nazi Nick Fuentes, claiming that the move, which harmed the GOP and set Republicans back 30 years, won't be forgotten easily. Yes, it will. Yeah, well, this was not that big of a deal. Milo also came out and the headline broke. Milo did intentionally stage this. Yeah. Uh, he admitted it. it was in the news. I posted it yesterday on Instagram. Uh, yeah, he, he, it's, it's him. He basically said he did this to make Trump's life miserable, and he did it. And he got to charge Kanye in the process. Um, <clears throat> apparently, he told a friend of mine that he did this uh, only for expenses covered and didn't take any from the pay. It's like bullshit, dude. You charged 116,000. How long were you with this guy? What expenses? Yeah. What expenses are you talking about? He's posting in the, in the photos and private jets with Yee and Fuentes and shit like that. Like what expenses are you talking about? I'm pretty sure Kanye covered the majority of that. But anyway, uh, he came out and admitted it. So this Trump setup, I don't think, I don't think Trump really knew anything about it. I think it was just one of those like Kanye walks in Trump's knows that, you know, get Kanye on your side. Uh, and then along comes Nick Fuentes. And there's a reason Milo wasn't a, was not at that dinner. There's a reason. He didn't show. Um, so it was just Kanye, Nick Fuentes. And it's just like, bro, somebody should have, like, forewarned Trump. And Nick Fuentes and Kanye are denying it. Milo was not. Yeah. Milo was saying this was stage. I intentionally did this. Paraphrasing there. 
So there you have it. <clears throat> That's where Milo's at these days. He is definitely an enemy of the GOP. On his Telegram, as I said, I went in there, I looked into it, and Milo's posting stuff about, like, he wants a theocracy put back into place until this nation becomes Christian again. All kinds of crazy stuff. Anti-liberty. Um, so it's like, you know what? You're on your own, bro. And it's sad to see that. But anyway... Savage, he says, appearing on the weekend broadcast at Newsmax TV's The Count, Savage, who was one of the first to endorse Trump for president, was asked why the former president made this mess for himself. After hosting West and Holocaust denier Nick Fuentes for dinner at his Florida home last month, noting that Trump has kind of been a little mum on what Fuentes and Kanye West bring to the table. Uh, well, it's anyone's guess, Savage responded. I think it was bad judgment in plain English. We can mince words all we want, but Trump made a mistake. Hubris, nemesis, catharsis. He became his own nemesis, his own worst enemy, he added. <clears throat> According to Savage, when West had visited the Oval Office during Trump's presidency, the conservative radio legend had contacted those around the president to warn him of associating with the rapper saying, this is the greatest error you've ever made. Why are you having such scum of the earth in the Oval Office? I agree. I agree. It's not the fact of what Kanye's done in the past. It's that he is unhinged. There is no telling what this guy is going to say. Um, and when you put yourself, when you're walking through a minefield, you have only yourself to blame. You walk through it. Hopefully you get through unscathed, but with Trump, he clearly didn't. He stepped on one. He stepped on a big one. I don't know. Having Kanye at the Oval Office. <clears throat> yeah. You think no, I'm talking about, about what, it, what that led to. Like leading to what he's dealing with now. Now you've got an associate, you've got a friendship with Kanye. That's not something you really want because this guy, he's As off the I, wall. I don't, I don't think Trump cares about that stuff. Oh, I think he does. I don't think he cares about it at all. I think he's going to mm -hmm. do it if he feels like Kanye's his. Kanye brought why this did up. Trump he come out there and that, say that wasn't his fault. He said Kanye said that meeting with Trump. You know, when he called Trump, he said, you know, he told Kanye that his uh, support from uh, the black community yeah. went way up. Yeah. And I think that kind of hurt Kanye's feelings a little bit because he just saw Kanye as a yeah. tool to, you know, get his popularity up yeah. within the black community. Yeah. And uh, so I think well, maybe if Kanye, if he's offended by bringing that, then stop. Kanye to his house is, you know, he probably considers maybe <clears throat> him a friend. If Trump didn't, two points there. If Trump didn't care, he would never have got in front of this and like condemned Fuentes. It's like, I didn't know who he was. If Trump didn't care, he just wouldn't like fucking, I don't No, He came back there and he countered it. Yeah. Therefore, well, Trump obviously you got to come out care. and say, if you're bringing Therefore, Nick Fuentes. Therefore, he cares. Yeah. He cares. He, and, exactly. you know, well, yeah, I didn't being know with Nick Fuentes, is, it's, career, it's career suicide at this point for anybody. I don't know why people want to have this guy on their shows. Secondly, to go back to um, Kanye getting offended when people treat him as such, Kanye's done that to himself. He paints himself as the black Jesus. Yeah. So when people use you for what you say you represent, you can't be upset by that. If I sit there and say, I am the premier voice of veterans, blah, 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 and then people bring me on the shows because they know a lot of veterans listen to me, I've kind of done that to myself. Mm. I don't have a right to really get mad at people and say, well, you're using me and you don't see me. Bro, you, you made yourself that. You can't sit there and say, like, I put on this costume and then people call you what you look like and you get mad about that. That's what Kanye, I'm sorry, I think Kanye's just a fucking moron. He's an idiot. <clears throat> Clearly, he is, um, you know, this guy has got some, he's, he's talented in music. Yeah, I don't know that I'd call him an idiot. He's done pretty well for himself. Mm -hmm. Oh no, I mean, I don't think you get yeah, to where you are. Yeah, just, absolutely. I'm not knocking that. I mean, just Clearly because you're creative talented. doesn't <clears throat> necessarily, I mean, you could probably, you know, find creative people anywhere, right? Yeah. You probably, like, yeah. not all the best musicians are celebrities. True, yeah. I mean, you could probably walk into, you know, a hole-in-the-wall bar and you but could find, like... everything Kanye has done so has put him further into the spotlight. You have to have some sort of, uh, I don't know, talent outside of your own musical skills to be able to further your own career, right? I mean, Kanye's clearly not done that. He's has clearly he not? destroyed his career. 
Well, I mean, he he became a billionaire, right? True, but what did he do that with? I mean, I mean, he clearly had people helping yeah, make investments he, and stuff like that, but he's also said a lot of stupid shit that basically he, undermined he, him at every turn. He built his career, his musical career. Right, that and wasn't all just him, though. Yeah, but, I mean, he surrounded himself with the people that could get him there, I guess. I he mean, surrounded I, himself I with Balenciaga as well. I just don't know that I would call him an idiot. I think he's I an mean, idiot. I think he's no. maybe made some bad decisions. He's made some horrible decisions. Josh, when he comes out there and says, I love Hitler, you're an idiot. Yeah, that's not the smartest thing to say. <laughs> if it's not smart, it's like, stupid. Here, go, he's an idiot. Like, I'm sorry. It's just the way. To, maybe he was smart at one time, but current contemporary Kanye's a fucking moron. I think something happened. Oh, I think he's off his meds. Yeah, I think something he's legit. Happened like, between, he's got some issues. Yeah. But that's it's kind of like, like what the Mel Gibson. How did they give him to where he just, you know, kind of. He's always kind I, of been like that, though. I mean, you I don't know always have to take him. I don't know. When he went up on stage, it said George Bush hates black people. And yeah. when he went up on stage, so he's he's kind of been. I, I mean, he's always he's been always been, that been like that. Yeah, so, that's know. why I said when Kirk and Owens went after and like rode the Kanye train, it's like you better be careful because you don't know where that's going to take you. But. I don't know. I think Kanye right now. Uh, I just think he's been pushed. Meds, he's so very anti-Semitic. I just think he's yeah. <laughs> he's a very, is he's a big uh, Kanye? Uh, eat a Snickers. You hate Jews when you're hungry. <laughs> 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 it's true. Eat a Snickers, bro. <laughs> oh my God! According to Savage, when West had visited the Oval Office during Trump's presidency. Um, okay, hold on. He said this bum West threw a, and Savage calls everybody a bum. Savage is like the old Rocky Balboa Mickey. Like, this bum rock. <laughs> Savage is like, this bum, this fucking bum. He doesn't cuss, but you're yeah, going to eat crap thunder. You're going to eat Taco Bell and shit your brains out. <laughs> this bum threw his feet up on that beautiful desk. He took over that office like he owned it, Savage said. I didn't know that. Hmm. Really? He's always been a piece of garbage, he added. I don't care if he makes $50 billion a second. He's nothing but street garbage. Savage, <laughs> I love, like, Savage is like the epitome of every New Yorker. That guy's a, a bum. bum. You're a bum. He's a garbage. You piece of trash. You trash. I don't know why I did that in the Gilbert Godfrey. You piece of trash. <laughs> You're a bum. Why am I not surprised? Kanye's an anti-Semite. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Patience, Iago. Savage suggested that Trump only welcomed the rapper because he loves people to worship him, and he thought that because he's a celebrity, people will worship him along with him. 100%. Trump, you said Trump even admitted it. I, I went up with black people. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's... My God, you get somebody that is big in the black community. It'd be like bringing Snoop Dogg in. Yeah, you're going to score major points in the black community. And Kanye cannot even sit there and play like he didn't even know any better. 100%. That's the game. That is the game. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I think Trump does love having people around him that worship him. I do. He then expressed <clears throat> his opposition to such an association, stating that the reality star Kim Kardashian is a waste of human DNA. And trust me, that woman's had some human DNA on her on video. Might as well. Oh, I mean. <laughs> God. And having that Kardashian vermin in the Oval Office debased the White House. I agree. I agree. People loved her because she got so-and-so pardoned for a thing. But it's like, what gives Kim Kardashian the right to walk into the White House and say, I want this? It's great, but why? So I guess only celebrities get the ear of the president to get the people they want pardoned. Meanwhile, the rest of us are like, okay, what about these other people that were unjustly imprisoned? Where's where's our voice? Because, again, isn't that favoritism? Because of their, their, stay, their, their fiscal class, if you will, well, their you social class. Do you think the people class? that were pardoned or let out of, let out mm -hmm. of jail, do you think it was the right thing to do? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But for Kim Kardashian to go in there, like I think that should be one of those things that goes through the proper channels. But Trump uh, granting yeah, I, her an office. I don't think we live in that perfect world where, uh, I mean, there's people in prison right now that are innocent, right? Well, yeah, 100%. So, or I, for I, things that were just ridiculously or why they were ridiculously. But and again, that one that lady I'm, that was in jail for cocaine mm-hmm. distribution for life yeah. was. I think that was her. Yeah, I, that, I think, that's who yeah. it was. And yeah. I mean, that was under the 94 crime bill. I mean, had that, yeah. No, go figure. I'm pretty sure it was. I'm not sure. But I just know that. Where they started handing out those mm -hmm. harsh, harsh sentences. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you get caught with a little bit of drug, three strikes, you're out, and you're spending. But the thing that concerns me is if people like Kim Kardashian, uh, I I just feel like she has no soul. Um, the one thing I will chalk up to Candace Owens, Candace Owens, I watched a thing on her today and she's going after Kardashian. She's like, this woman has no soul. And basically she's saying what everybody's thinking. It's like, she talked about her, her post about I'm reevaluating my uh, relationship with Balenciaga. Everybody knows that's just a stall. That's a stall to forget to get focused off of it. People forget about it and they should continue repping it. Balenciaga should be done. But either way, Owens hit the nail on the head on that one. But the thing that I find is that Kim Kardashian, she is an idiot. She is easily a puppet. She's a pawn. And people say, oh, she's so smart. You can listen to this woman talk and you can sit there and say, no, you just have a lot of money and you surround yourself with smart people. Some would say that makes you smart as well to do that. But also, I mean, fuck, you give somebody a shitload of money, you bring the right people in, they're going to make even more money. Yeah. So it's like, I guess partially, but I don't know, to have somebody like Kim Kardashian going in there and representing causes, I think a lot of people liked it because the cause in their mind was just. Well, then what if we have a list? Milano doing the exact same thing with Biden and she goes in there because of her celebrity status they have been doing that shit exactly and it's it's bullshit it's fucking bullshit and I think I mean they set up war. uh what funds for Antifa and BLM yeah. people who got arrested Kamala for, Harris included yeah yeah so they have been doing that mm-hmm. stuff so they, I mean our own administration I don't endorsed know I think crime. uh with those people out of prison is probably a good thing how however it happened you know if they're bringing light to the situation is it the right way no I don't know I, I just I think the but I'm sure those people Kardashian, that were in jail are are happy that oh, you know Kanye yeah. and <clears throat> Kim Kardashian came in there. Yeah, I mean, but it's kind of like okay, that was one woman, right? But what about the hundreds? I think they've had there was there was more that were. Uh, I mean, I can't think that off the one top thing of my head. was. I think that was just the thing Kim was going in there to talk to Trump about was that but that woman. one lady. Yeah, who, with the yeah, and I think I, I want to say that there's more. I'm sure mm. there's people that know a lot more than I do about this. It's been you know several years since it all happened. But I don't know. Uh, but you yeah. know, I would just be happy to be let out of prison if I had a life sentence. I agree, but I feel like if we're going to attack the issue, attack the whole issue, like what is the premise behind yeah. this? I and mean, there definitely needs to be prison reform, yeah. right? Yeah. I think we could all pretty much agree that prison reform is and you know much needed. You know what's and funny is that it seems like the shoe is on the other foot as far as like that is what Democrats are pushing hard for. I don't see Republicans pushing hard for that. Not to the Prison extent, reform? Yeah. Have you seen a lot of GOP members? Like, I chat, you can correct me on this. Have you all seen a lot of GOP people it. talking about GOP actual senators, congressmen, and women talking about prison reform on the right? Have you seen a lot of that? I don't think so. Mm. I mean, the, the Democrats, for the most part, have just been in damage control uh, for most of the yeah, uh, I'll the, agree with that. The, yeah. The past yeah, six years. I think they could have they could have done a lot of good in focusing on issues that were like more bipartisan based. And I think some of them are. I think a lot of people can get behind prison reform. I think we get you along think? get along get along with the marijuana legalization. Yeah. Um, at a federal level, I think there's a lot of things that we could. But it just seems like we're arguing about. Well, I shouldn't say trivial because the well, border the is a major thing, issue. Uh, you know the the federal government has given 
the rights back to the states. Yeah. So the states as, can, as it should be. Yeah, as yeah. it should be. It just should like be. abortion. Yeah. You know, it should be states, right? You know, states should vote on how they want to run their state. Yeah. Real quick, this Tariq Mahadis says, uh, I'm not digging this John Burke dude. He seems narrow minded and speaks like a dumbass politician. Here's the deal. You're gonna come in my chat. You will respect me. I don't give a fuck whether you like that or not. Say something else and I'll ban you. Just go ahead and do it so I can give give me a reason to fucking ban you. Just go ahead and say it. Tariq Muhammad to you, whatever the fuck your name is. Go ahead and say it. Because if you'd actually shut your fucking mouth and listen, you'll realize that I'm not very narrow-minded. I'm very open-minded. But being that I'm saying things that you don't like, if you want to go ahead and do ad homs in my chat, I will kick you the fuck out. Okay? Try me, bitch. Fucking try me. And I'm responding to you in the same manner you came at me. And if you don't like that, isn't that the golden rule? It is. So if you want to be in my chat, you will act accordingly. Have I made myself clear? Good boy. All right. Now shut the fuck up. <clears throat> Let me see you say something, bitch. Let me see you fucking say something. Give me won't even, I won't even read the comment. I'll just ban you. <clears throat> I'm nice until you fucking push me, dude. Don't fucking push me. By the way, you're never mind. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <clears throat> Anywho. However, he stated if that he had been heard, then this disaster would have been averted. So Trump made the mistake of having this rapper, this street rat in the Oval Office who throws his feet up on the desk. I didn't know he did that. Did he actually do that? Did, did Kanye go in there and like put his feet up on the desk? Probably. I, <sighs> it wouldn't surprise me. That just shows, yeah, there we go. Um, uh, okay. I, I just feel like that's so disrespectful. I feel like that's so disrespectful. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> I already banned the Tariq dude that's whatever he can go blow me up later uh, Trump made the mistake of having the rabbi okay and then to make matters worse he invites this bum to Mar-a-Lago with a Nazi who added uh, who he added who is he going to blame for that I'm sorry this is no good uh, do you think Trump knew who Fuentes was I think he did uh, I don't know probably yeah I think he did I think it's but I mean you can't tell me you can't tell me you go to Mar-a-Lago you can't tell me you go to Mar-a-Lago exactly so they had to have announced who Kanye's guest was. Yeah. And you're telling me in the entire chain of information of all the people that you got to yeah. go through before you get to Trump, nobody's like, uh, but wait, wait a minute. This is, this, hold up, but not Fuentes. I think Trump knew. Uh, that if, or, if he didn't I, know, somebody know. should at least have mentioned to him who he was. Like, yeah. if, like you have to go through the Secret Service to mm -hmm. get on a list yeah. to be able to meet with the former president. Then yeah. you would think you'd vet him and be like, hey, Mr. President. You think? Nick yeah. is, uh, he's a pretty big uh, white supremacist. <laughs> he said some he said some pretty controversial things. Yeah, he doesn't so. really care for the Jews himself. Uh, you might want to rethink that dinner. <laughs> he said, claiming people don't want to hear this with many who will never forget the savage detailed, a hardworking lifetime Republican mother and employee who of his who had left in North Korea years ago and who, after the Mar-a-Lago incident, said she would never vote Republican again. That's okay. That's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like Savage should know better. Are you serious? Like, I've got this friend that came over here because what Trump did, she's never voting Republican again. Yeah, I see. Well, she's probably not that much of an intelligent woman to begin with because guess what? That's politics. And if you want to vote based upon your personal likes, dislikes, politician versus what their stances are and what they vote for, that's a whole different ballgame. But I feel like that's a stupid way to be like, well, he met with so I'll never vote for him again. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think there's other, there's better yeah, you reasons. Gotta, you got to vote for Joe Biden? What? No, I mean this person who's oh, yeah. never voted Republican. So, yeah. I thought you were asking me. I was like, are you yeah. what? No. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's, I just, bro. 
uh, whatever. Uh, he says, I don't think she's alone. He said, I think people are, are terrified to have seen a Nazi invited to Mar-a-Lago. According to Savage, all the minorities who have come forward into the Republican Party, whether they be the Jewish Republican coalition or black people or Asian people or whoever, they're all thinking again and they're saying, who was that party? Who are they really about? Is that really the underbelly of the Republican Party? Is that left? Is the left really right about it? As bad as the left is, we don't hear them saying death to Jews. Uh, no, they just attack their synagogues up in places like New York during COVID lockdowns. Uh, yes, that yeah. is 100% true. You yeah. do see that, but it doesn't make the headlines. And the left is certainly not going to call themselves out on that. It's up to the right. Mm-hmm. And the right has done plenty of that. But, yeah, okay. Um, they don't know which way to turn. Savage also rejected the excuses that Trump was unfamiliar with his guests. Uh, really, President Trump is still protected by the Secret Service. Hey, you made that point. He said, nobody gets into Mar-a-Lago near the president unless they are screened by the Secret Service. I think y'all have a good point. I, there is no way they did not know who Nick Fuentes was. You know, at least the Secret Service should have. You know, maybe Trump didn't know who he was, but yeah. if somebody obviously didn't yeah. know who he was, they should have probably relayed that message to well, him. Well, they said that so. during the dinner, his lawyer texted Trump saying, hey, this is a setup. Yeah. Who knows? Well, Milo, Milo confirmed it. This yeah. was a setup, and I don't think Kanye knew any better. I think Kanye was being played. Yeah, and Fuentes went along with it. I think that's been happening a lot to that guy. Yeah, and I think that's why he's so such a loose cannon right yeah, now. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I agree. Uh, all right, let's move on from this. Uh, Herschel Walker, folks. For those of you who did not heard, uh, Herschel Walker conceded um, that he has lost his uh, his candidacy up in Georgia. Um, and it's interesting because this is an article by Liz Peek, and she says Herschel Walker just wrote Donald Trump's political obituary. It's time for Donald Trump to step away from politics. Um, yeah, that's just, that's interesting. Um, I, you know, I'm looking for more of this and I feel like, uh, more and more people are going to try. And I I think honestly, what this is at core It's an attempt to split the GOP, and I think you're going to see more articles circulating like this and push more more favoritism towards DeSantis. And again, DeSantis has not even announced a run, a presidential candidate. He hasn't. But I I don't see the point of articles like this. Um, A lot of Trump's endorsed candidates did get elected. Some didn't. Uh, But ultimately, if we look at the McConnells and the GOP, there was not a lot of support for Walker. Mm -hmm. They didn't really do a lot for him. but let's keep reading this. I, I, I'm trying to, you know, I haven't read this article. I wonder why does she thinks that this is a, a death sentence if Trump endorses you when he's had a lot of candidates that have actually been elected. Herschel Walker, the Heisman Trophy winner who led the Georgia Bulldogs to a national championship in 1982, just wrote Donald Trump's political obituary. Uh, Walker lost his bid to replace Georgia's incumbent Senator Ralph Warnock, handling or handing Democrats in that chamber a critical majority, a majority which will enable Joe Biden to appoint more judges, enact more legislation and put in place more appointees willing and able to carry out his far left agenda. Walker was endorsed by former President Trump, having suffered a rare humiliation of failing to win a second term in Oval Office and having caused his party a a majority in the Senate three times. It is time for Donald Trump to step away from politics. Um, hold on real quick. <clears throat> I think stop it. It is the right thing to do for his party, for the country, and for himself. Mr. Trump will not win another election. His most glaring political strength today is his ability to energize Democrats, causing not only historic turnout, but attracting gushers of campaign cash. That's not true at all. 
there was a, uh, a lack of minority turnout in the polls in many places over America. So I don't know what she's talking about there. No, you uh, could see where Republicans gained ground throughout yeah. the country, especially yeah. places like New York and California. These people, they're just, it's, they're in constant damage control. And, you know, they never talked about uh, Warnock, so his anti-white comments from the pulpit that yep, he spit out I, there. That's but true. what do they do? They come out, USA Today comes out, they put out the, uh, you know, talking points. Well, it was misconstrued or out of context. Yeah. Yeah, he's I talking agree. about whiteness. Is that what people, I su- yeah. They said what I suspect Reverend Warnock was trying to speak to is how Donald Trump as a candidate appealed to whiteness. So she's all of a sudden she's inside of his head and she yeah. knows what he's thinking. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just as a white person, it doesn't sound like something that's very flattering. Do you think do you think Trump could pull off a 2024 run? I think he pulled off a 2020 election. Yeah, I do as well. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying. I mean, and this is this is like a non-biased yeah. perspective. Trump's turnouts, Trump's. Uh, bias support cult. I mean, there's a lot. Like they're trying to make I mean, it seem like he, the the era of Trump yeah, is over. And I don't it, see that. I see it's going to be a 2024. They're trying to convince people that the yeah. emperor has clothes on. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? That's what it seems like. I, I don't know. I don't see this. Uh, to say that Trump can't win another election, I I disagree on that one. I think Trump has. Trump is still the face of the GOP. DeSantis is rising, yeah. but I will say I don't think DeSantis has hit Trump's level yet. But also, DeSantis does not have—I'm I'm not going to go on that route, or I'm not going to go down that road because it's a whole different debate in itself. Um, but the point still stands. Trump has a shitload of support, but it's the yeah. establishment GOP, the McConnell—they're not going to support him. They've already turned against him. He has no friends in the GOP. And where have we seen these conditions before? Mm-hmm. Uh, 2015 leading into 2016. And yeah. what happened? He fucking destroyed the GOP. Yeah. He went up against, uh, he went up against McConnell's. He went up against the fucking, the rhinos. He went up against uh, Cruz and the rest mm-hmm. of them. And what happened? He destroyed them. Yeah. And I feel like McConnell, I think he thinks that Trump's campaign is so weak now that he can't take on the establishment. My God, Trump did not have near the support he did back then as he does now. There's more people that support Trump. He gained, like, what, 12 million more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016 and somehow still managed to lose the election. Yep. And then they found, I don't know, 81 million votes for Joe Biden. Yep. Conveniently over six weeks or a two-month period. Yeah. It's it's crazy <laughs> me to see this. But yeah. All right, we're going to take some calls. The number is 214-817-1689. We should be getting a call from a buddy of mine, Rob Noer, who's just texting me. If you don't know who Rob is, Rob is a Twitch debater. He's a conservative, uh, just a really very smart intellectual dude. Uh, and so you go ahead and call in, Rob. The number is 214-817-1689. And uh, we're going to take some comments and opinions from people that uh, want to weigh in on the stuff we've already been discussing for the first segment of the show. Um, so feel free to go ahead and call in. It's already been 45 minutes. I forgot to take calls. Like, good Lord, we've been going for a while. Um, it is a notable It is notable that Trump-backed candidate all came up short in fundraising. Um, also, the GOP, I don't think that the establishment GOP supported Walker, hardly at all. I could be wrong yeah. on that. Um, as of mid-November, Democrat Raphael Warnock has outspent Herschel Walker $126 million to $48 million in Pennsylvania, Arizona, New Hampshire, and numerous other races. All right, ready? Yep. Go ahead. You, you're live. Hello. Hello. Yep. On Joe? Yep. You're live. Oh, good to hear. Good to see you, John. Well, here you, I should say. What's going on? I uh, was calling out, uh, you know, your neighbor to the north, Oklahoma. <laughs> uh-huh. Glad to hear how much you loved it down there in southeastern Oklahoma, by the way. Mm-hmm. In the Broken Bow area. Yep. All right, and uh, the whole Herschel Walker thing and how I think I knew how that was going to go from the get-go. Mm-hmm. 
with just he wouldn't seem like the strongest candidate. No, like I think that they could have chose a lot better. It was similar with Oz up in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand, like what Trump's idea and everything is going. If he's like. I, I don't know. It's just hard to figure out what he's doing half the time. <laughs> I, I don't think, uh, I don't know. I, I think there's a plan. There's an agenda, but it kind of comes together. Thank you for your call, by the way. I think it comes together slowly, but surely over time, though, like when they want to like strategize a plan, I think they're still doing that for a 2024 run. It's going to take some time because some things have to come to light, come to fruition. You know, what's going on with the censorship of big tech, things like that. Trump's going to see, he's basically going to pull his, his, his constituency. What's the biggest issues they want to see addressed. And that's what he's going to run his campaign off of. So, Outside of what else Trump is doing, I have no fucking clue. We got somebody else? Go ahead. All right, you're live. Go right ahead. Hey, hello. Yep. How do you make some cookies right out of my ass? Huh? This is the man who needs cookies. Oh. You know, what you should do is you should go into your mother's basement, grab a shotgun, stick it in your mouth anyway. Go ahead and cut that little cocksucker. <laughs> That's our first one. That's our first one. I thought we'd get one a lot sooner. Yeah. I make cookies. Oh, my God. That actually makes the show entertaining, so thank you for that. Uh, Rob Noor, go ahead and call in, bro. Um, this is his number, by the way, so you can kind of see. Just look for that area code. We can bring him in. Oh, my God. In Pennsylvania, Arizona, New Hampshire, numerous other races, Trump endorsed candidates lost the fundraising battle. Let me see it again. I'll just call him. There you go. There. In Pennsylvania, Arizona, New Hampshire, and numerous other races, Trump endorsed candidates lost the fundraising battle by huge margins in the marquee Pennsylvania Senate race. Trump endorsed Dr. Mohammed. Yeah, same thing. I like the previous caller just described. Uh, Similarly, just weeks before the election, Mark Kelly, a Democrat uh, running to keep a Senate seat in Arizona, has raised nearly $75.5 million. GOP challenger and Trump pick Blake Masters hauled in only $9.9 million. Um, he actually, yeah, he, he took a kind of a hard loss on that one. I remember watching those live results coming in. Um, hey, what's up? Uh, what's going on, Rob? You're live. Oh, excellent. So we, we're talking about the uh, Senate? Yeah. You got uh, us on speakerphone? You got us on speakerphone? Yeah, yeah. Uh, take there. us off speakerphone because be we can barely hear you. Yeah. Yeah, so the um, the Senate election. I'll just give my two cents here real quick, and then uh, you all can tell us what you want to go from there. Um, yeah. You know, the Republicans, because all the institutions are lined up against them, they have to run sort of a perfect campaign. Now, the truth is there's multiple things that could be wrong at the same time. So you have sort of two factions. You have the faction saying it's Trump's fault yeah. and he endorsed bad candidates. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And then you have the faction saying it's the RNC leadership fault. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. The truth is it's a litany of factors. The Democrats own these institutions. They own ballot harvesting, and they're effective yeah. at it. And so they could literally run people like in my state, John Fetterman, mm-hmm. who literally is a guy who's a walking stroke name. And that's the ideal candidate for them because they control messaging. They control ballot harvesting. So the truth is Trump is to blame for dumb stuff he's done, for embracing 15 days to slow the spread, which led to all these changes in voting, and for not spending his money to help these candidates. But the RNC is also 
at fault because they allowed this change in the voting system. They did not embrace learning how to work within that system. And they're actively sabotaging sort of America first type candidates because they would rather Mitch McConnell would rather be the leader of a losing party than just another member of a winning party. Yeah. I want to go back to your first point as far as the uh, the two things can be true at the same time as far as Trump's endorsements. What are your opinions on that? Because this article I'm reading on Fox is basically that Trump should step away from politics. His endorsements are now uh, essentially death warrants for anybody that wants to go out there and run as far as a political career. What, what do you think about that? It's sort of true. I mean, the problem is that is, is I consider myself a populist conservative, so I don't like the neocon. Mm-hmm. I won't vote for a Mitt Romney or yeah. a Paul Ryan. So I don't need it to be Trump. I think DeSantis is someone that I'm looking at that could be good. DeSantis has, we'll see, maybe he'll sell out. But right now, DeSantis has a lot of the policies and the good things about Trump without a lot of the baggage. But the problem is the the two options we seem to get like, well, we either have to go back to the Bush party or we lose because the establishment Republicans won't embrace the Trump-ass people. And they do have some point, which is, there's just a lot of people in the center that you need to vote for you that despise Trump. Yeah. Rightly or wrongly, they despise him. And so if if Trump wanted to do what was best for the country and what was best for his ideology, I think he's better as a behind-the-scenes kingmaker. He should be out there outing corruption, using his money to sort of get the message of corruption out there mm-hmm. and endorsing people behind the scenes with money instead of publicly. But he won't do that because he's selfish. Oh, yeah. Trump uh, loves and Spala, yeah. So, it, <clears throat> yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a weird thing because you think of how our system works. Trump endorsing you in the primary probably helps you in the primary, but it definitely hurts you in the general, mm-hmm. in most states. And so, you know, it, it, it becomes very difficult because at the end of the day, if my cho- – like John Bolton said he's going to run. You know, if wait, my wait, choice John at Bolton, the end of the day he, is – He's going to run for president? Yeah, he said that if people that. don't come out and condemn Trump's attack of the Constitution, then he himself will run. John Bolton's so a warmonger. Between, yes, that's exactly right. So if I have to choose between John Bolton, you know, this neocon warmonger, or Donald Trump with basically a wink and a nod from the RNC establishment, well, we're not going to let this guy win a general election. Yeah. Then it starts to look really bleak for 2024. It really does. But that was, that's what makes me wonder is like before, as soon as we started catching rumors of DeSantis being a prominent figure in the movement or in the GOP, instantly Trump went after him. Instantly the established GOP, the establishment uh, loved him. Um, now they're going after DeSantis, trying to discredit him, saying that he is part of the swamp because of all these donors he's getting. He's like, you know, in bed with Jeb Bush and things like that. It's like there's an instant character assassination that they're doing towards the guy who basically like turned Florida almost completely red. Um, there's something to be said about that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I supported Trump. I volunteered for Trump's campaign. I did everything I could to, you know, do my small part to help him win in 2016 and 2020. I was even offered a small job with Trump's campaign in my county here in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to criticize Trump when he deserves it. And he's done an awful lot in his last year in office and since then that is negative. And one of the things, you take Trump, you take the good with the bad. His arrogance, his pettiness was something that benefited someone like me for some time because I ultimately think Trump was just someone who ran for office because of his ego. And ultimately, the reason that he went against sort of the neocons and went against the establishment Democrats was because they came at him. 
You know, he yeah. probably ran because he's a petty man that was upset that Obama made fun of him at that one dinner. So that pettiness helped get him elected and helped someone like me support him. But it also has an ugly side. And, you know, Trump is picking enemies everywhere. That's why Trump's speech that he gave announcing that he was running, mm -hmm. I gave that speech an eight and a half out of ten. Mm -hmm. Now, as purely a political speech, it wasn't that great. It yeah. droned on. It hit some good points, but I'd give it a five out of ten. But the reason I gave it an eight and a half out of ten was the only thing that mattered was who did he attack in that speech? And he didn't attack this in. He didn't attack any Republicans. And it's like, yes, yeah. that's what Trump needs to be. Yeah. He needs he has so many people out for him. He's got to take allies where he can. Now, listen, people in DeSantis' crew are going to go after him, and they're doing that behind the scenes. But still, Trump, you know, it, let's be honest, he's selfish. He wants to be the big dog. And uh, unfortunately, that's going to cause a lot of harm uh, during the primary. So you don't think there's ever going to be a possibility of a Trump-DeSantis ticket, do you? Um, it theoretically could happen. I mean, Trump made fun of Ted Cruz's wife and yeah. said that his dad was the Zodiac killer. And, you know, Cruz ended up sort of putting that aside and sort of defending Trump. So, I mean, anything's possible, but there's not going to be a lay down from either of those two men exactly. before the election. Exactly. They're going to go to the bitter end. Yeah, I think so as well. But it is interesting to see what, um, well, real quick, this article that's been circulating right now, as far as Trump saying to just kind of like circumvent the Constitution, and I'm paraphrasing, as a result of uh, 2020, what are your thoughts on that? Because that's making the round on the left, naturally. I read what Trump's Truth Social post was, and uh, it was just basically saying, like, you know, all bets are off. They've ignored the Constitution. What need is there of the Constitution? Uh, where, where do you stand on that? What do you think about that? And I'm going to look this quote up for you real quick just so I can um, make sure I give an accurate representation of what he said. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, I read it, right? It, there's two camps on this. There's the camp that's saying, like, no, Trump was saying they violated the Constitution. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that. I believe Trump was saying, in his ham-fisted way, basically there was this full-fledged coup against me, and then they stole an election. And so we can't look at the Constitution. And to me, what he meant was not saying get rid of the First Amendment, get rid of the Second Amendment. He was saying... The outlining for procedure and how to pick a president no longer applies if they've stolen that mechanism. Right. It's very bad wording. And, and look, I'm someone who deeply – I'm not going to – this is what separates us from the left. We're not going to sacrifice our own integrity and values because there's a candidate we don't like. Yeah. That's what the left did. They became, became pro-war from anti-war. They became pro-intel agency and corruption. Uh, because they didn't like Trump. Orange man bad, so everything's justified. I'm not going to say, well, Biden's bad, so everything's justified. So Trump's wrong to say, well, we can't look at the Constitution. But it's not that bad. It's like what this reporter said here in Pittsburgh that sort of went national, that the left takes what Trump says literally, and the right takes what Trump says seriously. And so everyone listening understands what Trump's saying. He's not saying, I'm going to declare martial law. I'm going to have guns on the street to overturn the government. He's saying, we can't wait until 2024 to have the election every four years like the Constitution says. We need to do something right now. Yeah. And it's a dumb thing to say because it gives ammo. I understand what he's trying to say, but it's worded poorly. It yeah. gives ammo to all these people on the left. And here's the other thing to say, though. Um, you know, I'm not going to listen to one person on the left that's embraced this coup of Trump, the corruption of the FBI, 
talk about the sanctity of the Constitution. <laughs> they shred the Constitution with every policy they have. I mean, it's like there's all these things that we as right wingers or as or even moderate lefties that call out corruption. I'll talk to them and take them seriously. But I'm not going to listen to the people that are fine with, you know, the amnesty bills, the open border, the massive executive spending, the not declaring war in Ukraine and sending all this money over there. All of the unconstitutional garbage they do. And now they're going to be like, oh, but Trump threatened to go against the Constitution. That's what they're going to say, yeah. so I don't take them seriously. They can shut their mouth. But as us talking, yeah, it's a ham-fisted thing to say. I don't think it's as dangerous as what other people are suggesting. But definitely it's something to raise your eyebrow and say, Trump, that was a dumb thing to say. Yeah. I think that's Trump, though. Trump's, like, so off script. There's no, I can't even imagine being his handlers and being like, oh, God, what's he going to say today? It's been his entire yeah, political been, career. Yeah. I mean, but I think he could go all the way back into the 80s where he <laughs> does the interview with uh, Oprah Winfrey talking about running for president back then. And yeah, I don't know. I think it's always been well, an I aspiration mean, of his to to get to this position to where he is. I, I agree. I, I believe him when he says running for president was isn't something that he wanted to do unless he felt like it was needed to be done. Mm. And to me, it's just having an outsider who has used all of the tools to, um, you know, skirt the tax code or pays l- l- least as possible for taxes, I mean, especially yeah. a billionaire businessman who employs tens of thousands of people. You know, you want to pay uh, as less money as possible, right? Yeah. So I, I, just, I think it took an outsider to come in to start to really shake things up. And uh, to me, he was just the wrecking ball that the United States needed to go in, who just didn't have any special interest groups and who, who didn't care about going over to North Korea and shaking hands with Kim Jong-un and, you know, making better trade deals for the United States. Uh, I, you know, I think his New York uh, personality is just part of who he is. You either get on board with it or you, or you're, you just don't. I don't know. Well, it's like everything with Trump. It's a double-edged sword, right? I, I kind of follow sports a little less now that they've all become woke. But one of the sports cliches was, do you ever watch like a football player or a baseball player after the game and they'll interview them and be like, oh, what would you think about your receiver dropping the ball? And they always say the same cliche things. It's a team effort. I could have done better. It's on me. And we always roll our eyes and go, that's just what they know they're supposed to say. But then every once in a while, a player will come along and they'll just start going off. And then everyone's like, well, you can't say that. And it's like, wait a minute, that's what we wanted. We wanted someone who was authentic, that we're saying what they really felt, right? But as soon as they do that, we're all yeah. like, oh, wait, you can't say yeah. that. It's too much. Not like that, Trump. not like that, yeah. The, yeah. Irony, yeah. the irony of Trump is he is one of the most authentic people to ever hold major office in my lifetime. Like, he is who he is. Yeah. He, Obama sounded really good public speaking, but that's because he was always off the teleprompter. Yeah. Trump would give these speeches that were like, okay, that's a normal speech. And then he'll be like, okay, I'll take questions. And he would go for two hours just calling on everyone and just like, ah, oh, that's fake news. That's stupid. That guy's a moron. <laughs> and you're like, that doesn't sound presidential. But on the other hand, it's like, well, that's what he really believes. It's not like Biden where it's like, I have to say what my handlers have to tell me. Yeah, well, that's because Biden is so like, he's out of touch. He has no idea what's going on. Biden is, again, I I find it very interesting that we have a country right now that is being ran by an old man with dementia that probably shits his pants. And Democrats are fine with this. The same Democrats that are fine with having Fetterman as a representative. These are the same people who uh, made fun of Herschel Walker. Yeah. All these celebrities coming out and saying, oh, yeah, who was it? Lindsey Graham had to come out in case to see the race for Herschel Walker because they're saying the guy can't complete a I'm like, yeah. 
Have you seen Fetterman? Do you yeah. guys know who Joe Biden is? Yeah. Have you seen the guy up on the... Have you seen Kamala Harris? It's just hypocrisy of the left. I mean, the, you, like, you got to expect that. But I can't take you serious if you're going to do shit like to that. To go back to uh, Rob's you know? point, though, I think, yeah, I think that was why people did like and still love Trump because he is like the typical New Yorker. Like you said before, he's like the New Yorker that's like, hey, I'm fucking walking here. Like he takes no shit off anybody, but it's like he's an asshole, but he's our asshole. But I do believe that it's not so simplistic to say that, you know, Trump was... Um, innocent a lot of this trump comes out and says some very controversial stuff and i'm not knocking that and the msm went after him and the same msm i think trump's presidency really opened up america much less the world's eyes to how corrupt the msm is and how big tech has colluded with the msm to include the government and it's like this is a big conglomeration of just leftist leaning ideologies that if you're on the right they're going to cancel you they're going to shut your voice down online but on the off side of that which really pissed me off is trump didn't do anything to stop it you know conservatives like That's crenshaw right. defended it and talk about article 230 needs to stay and i'm just like well, are we kidding it's like guys we have the potential we have the ability to you know I think the thing that pisses me off the most is you got Ted Cruz pulling up Zuckerberg before Congress crucifying his ass. We get some sound beats, some sound bites, some good PR, but nothing comes of it. Nothing happens. Zuckerberg just blah, 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 plays the basic lizard man bullshit. And then what are we left with? Nothing. Nothing changes. So like the 2016 era Republican Party and GOP under Trump. Look, I love that Trump did a lot of good, but a Republican Congress didn't do dick all. And that's the thing that pisses me off that GOP voters today will never concede that. And it's like, no, Trump was great. We could have done way fucking more and we didn't why what held them back and that's the thing that pissed me off so all the issues that we're dealing with right now we could have come together and this is another testament to trump here is that he not only fought against the left during before and during his presidency he also fought against the right the establishment rhinos that again we've seen show themselves the mcconnell's and all those and they still continue to get reelected. so i'm sorry but the gop has only itself to blame at this point you keep reelecting these fucking antiquated boomer neocons they should not be there and this is the reason that we continue face to face the issues that we always have before because we do not move on we have the same old boomer motherfuckers in the same positions and it's like yeah like crenshaw came on the show and he made a good point that they knew how to play the game but eventually you got to get new blood in there you need new blood and that's what the gop needs we need to progress because i really feel like the millennial candidates have a better finger on the pulse of what i think the gop needs to be and it needs to progress some in some ways but right now I, th I feel like we're back to square one in the GOP. It's like it's back to the same era before. Hey, Trump's hitting the scene. The GOP establishment doesn't want Trump. Who are they going to put up? And if it's DeSantis, we've got some serious issues now. Because if DeSantis gets the GOP um, establishment support, I think he's going to lose. I think he will lose. And DeSantis is going to play that game carefully. But again, DeSantis has not even made an announcement he's going to run. And I don't know. My jury's out on that. I don't know if he's going to run or not. And I'm just sitting here saying that everybody trying to pit Trump and DeSantis against each other right now. It's like we don't have to do that. DeSantis hasn't made a call for it. We can just take it as it is right now. We got bigger fish to fry. But I feel like the GOP, to my initial point, the GOP needs to get its head out of its ass. And we have to we have to ask ourselves, why do we still have these same people in these position and shit isn't getting done? It's not getting that we already see McConnell. Right. It seems Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's one of two things. It's either corruption or incompetence, right? Could be right? both. Which, at the end result, that's what it is. It's a yeah. combination of both. This is a, take, for example, just censorship of social media. This benefits the McConnells, the Romneys of the world as well, because they don't want people pointing out how bad they've been 
to their own constituents. Why is it that every Republican leader that once they're out of office shows nothing but contempt for average Republican votes? Yeah. John Bader, Michael Steele, you see them, and you can see just the way they talk. They're just like, oh, I can't stand these rubes that I was in charge of. That I was, you know, and they don't want free speech. They want control. Yeah. I could go and talk to George Stephanopoulos. I could go and I could talk to Brett Baer. Yeah. They don't want a show like yours. They don't want a show like mine. So this censorship, why is it that the tech companies never get pushed back by the GOP leadership? Well, it benefits them as well. Yeah. But there's also incompetence where – I still think – I think this was Trump's fatal flaw too. Don't get me wrong. Trump is more talented than I'll ever be. He got elected in probably the biggest upset major political victory in the history of this country. That's all talent. That's all things that he did good. But I think he underestimated how deep the swamp is and how yeah. corrupt it is. It's not just bro, some th- Democrat that, senators that, that, and some – Bro, to Democrat- your point, yes, because I really feel that – my dude, you, we, you, you and I have known each other for a few years now. I used to be an adamant, blind supporter yep. of the blue line, and then that kind of that spell got broken by seeing just how bad and corrupt the police can be, especially during COVID lockdowns. But as far as to the extent, and I'm not demonizing all cops, I'm not. Don't take it that way. I'm just saying, yeah, I'm not going down that road. But the point still being, even I did not see the FBI. Even the biggest one here. Let me just let me just close it down right here. When General Mad Dog James Mattis bounced from the Trump administration. That's when I was like, what the fuck is going on? It's like something is, is up. Yep. And then Mattis comes out and starts making some statements like, holy shit, this guy's a globalist. And then it starts making you reevaluate everything that you have been brought up to believe in as far as like, dude, I think we're living in one big lie. Like never in my life would I see somebody like James Mad Dog Mattis, who you would think is like a diehard freaking warfighter come in there and oppose Trump. Like, what's going on? And then the FBI, the Peter, the Peter Stroh, the Lisa Page, that hits, that blows wide open. You start seeing that the Obama administration did spy on him using the FBI. So the FBI has been compromised. And then I think a more libertarian aspect starts hitting the GOP of Sars saying, uh, as far as starting to say, like, look, these three-letter agencies, if they can be compromised, then they don't need to exist because it, it's doing more harm than good. And people say, well, they do a lot of good. But again, my point still stands. What's the metric for measuring the bad that they do? Because it's never exposed. It's never brought to light. We don't see how much. Uh, there was, and again, I know I'm going down the conspiracy road here. There was a crypto billionaire, millionaire, I think it was in Puerto Rico, made a tweet about how the CIA and the, the Mossad are running a sex ring operation somewhere. Next day, that dude's dead. And I'm like, ah, but dude, I don't know. But it would just even saying that does not surprise me. So I think as far as like what your point being, as far as how deep the swamp went, I don't think Trump knew. And I don't even think we knew. I certainly didn't know to sit there and think the FBI was that fucking corrupt. And here's the scary thing, folks. If you're listening, here's the scary thing. We haven't heard dick all about the CIA. They have not been in the news. The FBI has. The CIA hasn't. What are they doing? We don't know. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. And, you know, wh- you know, one of the things I'll say about this is, you're, so that's where the GOP is. You know, I have voted for Trump for two reasons. One was to out the corruption, which he did. And not because he was playing 5D chess. Yeah. He did it because <laughs> if you're the people in, yeah. if you're in charge, like if you're these establishment people, and, and listen, if you're listening out there, politics is downstream of culture. The yeah. power that we're talking about, this establishment, it's not limited to just, oh, the FBI and the Republicans and Democrats. It's the academic institutions. It's major corporations. Yeah. It's the media corporations. It's Silicon Valley. Like All of them shape our culture and shape our public discourse and shape our policy. 
That's yeah. what they're doing. And as long as there are those second high tier of people, it doesn't matter. You could talk to your liberal friends all you want, and they could be like, we should have Medicare for all. Well, you better hope that Google and the CIA agrees with you <laughs> because that's the policies that's getting passed, what they want. Yeah. And so the problem with Trump, it's not just the problem with the GOP. Trump accomplished the first thing because those institutions outed themselves like never before so that the average person can see how corrupt they are. They were spying on Trump. They were leaking constantly to the media. The media is making up stories. The media is censoring stories of his opponent. All of it out in the open. Mm -hmm. But the second part of that is now that it's out in the open, what are we doing about it? Yeah. And you're correct. The Republicans didn't do anything, nope. but neither did Trump. Yeah. And there are things Trump could have done on his own. He could have pardoned Assange. He could have released unredacted all of the evidence of the FBI investigation into him. He could have not appointed people like Chris Christie and John Bolton. He could have got rid of Bill Barr, who was obviously covering up for the corruption against him. And he didn't do that. And unfortunately, now real quick, hold on, push pause on that. Push pause. Push pause. Why don't mm -hmm. you think he did anything? And that's because the question I that I feel that like. Was Go ahead. I, I think he believed Bill Barr. I think he believed the people around him. I think that Bill Barr was probably having regular meetings with Trump saying, leave us, take care of it. We're doing an investigation. We're getting to the bottom of it. All of this will be released before the election. Yeah. I, this is just a gut feeling. I don't have proof of this. But I thought that I saw a change and an oh shit moment for Trump when the Hunter Biden laptop story broke in October 2020 mm -hmm. and it got censored everywhere. Yeah. And I thought then you could see Trump realize, like, on his face, like, well, I got lied to. All of these people that said they were going to out this corruption before. Because I think he thought that was the ball spike, that this is it. Evidence that everything they accused me of being, that's actually what the guy I'm going against is. Yeah. This is going to be it. This is going to devastate Biden. And game over, right? And then nothing came of it. And I think then Trump realized, like, uh-oh, Mike Pence, John Bolton, Bill Barr, maybe they didn't have my... And by that point, it's too late. I mean, Trump should have, when he was a lame duck there at the end, I would have just took my pen and unredacted everything. Yeah. I think the other thing is January 6th screwed Trump over. Yes. I think that Mitch McConnell and company pulled Trump in after January 6th and was like, you're going to go out with your tail between your legs. You're not going to pardon the people that you talked about. You're going to pardon a bunch of people we want. You're not going to unre unredact anything, and you're going to go away. Or we're going to impeach you and make sure charges are brought against you. Now, those charges are coming anyway. Trump's going to be indicted. Like, that's absolutely happening. But that, I think that's what happened. Trump trusted those people. And so if you're trying to – I know this is way out there, and it's not for a conversation for today. But if you're weighing Trump versus DeSantis, like, one of the knocks on Trump is he had his opportunity. What did he do about the corruption? Not much. You know, he, he was a victim of it, and still he did nothing. And so, you know, it, it's it, the level of this corruption – that's why – Honestly, the best chance we have isn't even an election. Unfortunately, the best chance we have is someone like Elon Musk being like, yeah. I'm going to show you the evidence of the corruption and waking up the average people. The best thing we could do, and I know this is going to sound totally out of left field, but explaining these stories of censorship and corruption and the FBI spying on Trump, that's difficult to explain to my neighbor who's losing their home because they were forced to not go to work because they were non-essential. And then they had to stay home because their kid was locked down from school while their mom died in a nursing home. It's hard for me to explain. Hey, you know what you should really care about? The FBI was spying on Trump. Yeah. But you know what they do care about? How about that Epstein clientele list? Yeah. That they care about. And so that it's something like that that's going to break our way, if anything, where it's like, listen, 
those people that you keep voting for that are controlling these institutions that are saying they need to censor what you're talking about, maybe one of the reasons they're doing it is because their names are showing up in some of the most heinous crimes you can imagine. Yeah. I do. I still find it interesting that those lists or those names from the whole Epstein thing, nobody knows. Yeah. And they're not going to, because I think half of freaking Washington's probably on it. Yeah. I think you're right when you say that right. Trump didn't know how deep the swamp was until he got in there. And then you start to see, well, most of these Republicans are really Democrats. Yeah. So it's like, you, you think you can trust Bill Barr. You think you could trust Mr. You think you could trust all these people and you have them all surrounded. Honestly, I, I think it's, yeah. it's just, at some point, it's just what the, it the sand like. starts coming back in on you. What it felt like to me is when you saw like the Bill Barr flip, yeah. when you saw a lot of the stuff uh, start to really hit, it, it just felt like Trump was going so high. Mm-hmm. Like he, he was sailing. And then people were kind of starting to get worried. It's like, okay, Trump's under a lot of fire right now. If I don't abandon ship right now, I could go down with him. Not guaranteeing the ship is going to go down, but that's why I feel like he had a lot of people turn on him. Mm-hmm. It was a matter of they're going to save their own skin and try and, you know, they didn't want to have, like commit political suicide. So I, I don't know, but um, I want to move on to this next one, Rob. And if you're good, if you want to stay on the line, uh, I want to keep going because we've got another article right here um, in regards to Disney. Now, yeah, for, for those that don't know, Disney essentially had fired the old CEO. Uh, excuse me. The old CEO stepped down. New CEO took over. He basically threw his hat into the uh, woke agenda match with uh, Florida DeSantis. They are losing hemorrhaging money. They fired him, brought back the old CEO. And the old CEO basically made a statement, and I'm paraphrasing, saying we should never have gotten involved in the politics. We should have just stayed neutral. Well, that didn't last long. So this article came out. Disney CEO Bob Iger says those of us in positions of influence laws shape culture have an extra responsibility to push gun control. Disney CEO Bob Bob Eager attended a Sandy Hook promise benefit and referenced people in influential positions and suggested that those who shape culture have an extra responsibility to push gun control. Sandy Hook promise is the group to with whom many country singer Tim McGraw donated uh, concert proceeds for a gun control fundraiser in 2015. On April 16, 2015, Breitbart News pointed to McGraw's planned participation in the fundraiser and he responded to the coverage by telling MSNBC's Joe Scarborough, I lead my life leading with my heart. I do the thing I can do and support the cause that I try or I support. Try to help in areas where I can help and I do that with my heart if I have a decision to lead with my heart or okay whatever this guy's a fucking idiot. Okay the Hollywood Reporter noted that eager Barack Obama and actor Matthew McConaughey all gathered in New York Tuesday where they honored the work of Sandy Hook Promise and continue to push for more gun control. Um, Eager said, as a grandfather, as a father, as CEO of the Walt Disney Company, I believe there is no greater or more important task than ensuring the safety and well-being of our children. He added, those of us who are in positions to affect change, whether it's by influencing laws or shaping culture or supporting organizations on the front lines, I think we have an extra responsibility. So from what he said before, as far as like not getting involved in politics, he's clearly getting back involved in politics, but he's playing it safe. He's going to, and this is my opinion, and we'll get Rob's after this. He is playing the safe because he's basically pulling up the politics of the moderate Democrats. It's safe. This is safe politics. I don't think people are going to say, oh, I'm boycotting Disney because they want gun control. Hitting the reset button. Hitting the reset button, yeah. So I feel like this guy's a liar. He's probably going to try and keep Disney into the woke arena, but not as woke as far as going after LGBT children, trans issues. This is the, I want to say this is kind of like the moderate Democrat issues. This is outside of the culture war. So I feel like this is a safe thing in his mind to kind of attack the right on. What are your thoughts on this, Rob? Yeah, I could But when you're saying this, this, that last part, this is what it made me think of. I used to say this all the time. You remember when AOC and Nancy Pelosi were like arguing 
a couple years yeah. ago, and they yep. would go back and forth. Yep. The, what they were arguing about was this. It wasn't that AOC's more radical than Nancy Pelosi. It's that AOC's honest about her radical nature. Yeah. She's giving the game away, and the American people weren't ready to accept it, right? What they want is this globalist sort of communism of, you know, or a fascist communism, a mix of state, total state power with corporate control, the haves yeah. and the have-nots, a return to a neo-feudalism. They want to get rid of state borders. They want to get rid of the working class and the middle class. They want everyone dependent on the state. And there's a lot that makes sense when you start to look into sort of ESG scores and social-emotional learning, critical race theory and trans children issues. There's a lot that that does to break down what makes the middle class, the middle class, what makes a stable country, a stable yeah. country. And that's what these corporations are in. It means more power from, they don't really care about these things. Like Disney, even the previous, they didn't care about trans issues. It was just a means to an end for them to consolidate power and to virtue signal at the same time. Yeah. So Bob Igor <clears throat> comes in and he's more of the Nancy Pelosi type. They've pushed too far too fast and people won't accept it. It's not that they won't do it again. Bob Igor would do the same thing if he thought that the national public went in that direction in a big way and it would benefit them monetarily. He'd be absolutely be like, yep, we're pushing the LGBT stuff. We're pushing trans kids. We'll do. But right now he knows they can't do that. Gun control, like you said, is a less woke ideology that still is one of the things that would disarm people in this country and erode the middle class and allow tyranny so they could push it because they got to keep virtue signals. And it's because, one, they're part of that institution that wants to erode. They don't care about the United States. No. If, if just from a pure business standpoint, if you're an international businessman, you don't want different nation states with different laws, with different populations that you have to worry about offending or appeasing each individual country. Instead, you just want one system that you're one of the people in charge of, and then you could have tons of money and power. And so that's the way I see it. I see that this is just, you know, them – Pushing that line, and just from a business perspective, look, Tom Cotton did it best the other day when he was talking to the CEO of Kroger, uh, because they came wine, and Kroger's been one of these woke companies that was firing people that wouldn't take vaccines and was yeah. doing all this left-wing crap, and he, the CEO comes in front of Tom Cotton and in front of his committee and is like, oh, uh, they're trying to stop this merger, the Democrats, and Tom Cotton's just like, yeah, you guys have been super woke and left, and we warned you. If you do that, don't come crying to us for help. So I'm sorry that's happening to you. Good luck. <laughs> and that's what Republicans need to do. There is no teeth from the Republican side, from a pure business transaction standpoint. If one of the, if you're Disney, and it's like, well, geez, if we don't listen to the Democrats, they'll regulate us, they'll punish us, and if we don't listen to the Republicans, they'll wag their finger at us. Yeah. Whom? I wonder which side I'm going to go with, and that's why. Give it up to DeSantis for what he did to Disney in Florida. It's we don't want that. I know you don't want that. I know neither of you want where government's getting involved with business. But that, it's too late. Yeah. Right. It's the left has done it so much. The Democrats have done it so much. At this point, if the Republicans keep saying, "Well, we're better than that," then the entire corporate landscape is going to start pushing the values of the radical left, and that'll be the end of it. And meanwhile, we'll be sitting here on our pedestal going. Well, at least we have stayed above the fray. Private businesses could do whatever they want. Yeah, enjoy that while your children are being indoctrinated with trans ideology in schools that you're forced to pay for. And every entertainment option that you have or your kids have to watch is indoctrinating them with the same thing. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think Igor, it's just a step back, not because 
Disney and the shareholders, uh, you know, have had a change of heart that it's like, oh, we were too far with the woke left stuff. They still believe all that crap. Yeah. It's just, well, we got to pull back until yeah. we can push it again. We went too far. So that, that brings up the second question. I think I already know your answer to this. Do you think DeSantis should let off of Disney, even with Bob Iger making statements as far as gun control and stuff? Or should he kind of just keep pressing on them saying like, because for me, in my opinion, it's like, look, if you're already going after these guys for what they're doing, um, which again, I, I will clearly state. I feel like, like Rob did say, I think private companies have the right to do whatever they want until you go after the children, then the Constitution's out the window. And if violence happens to you, I don't care because I feel like that's culturally taboo. It should never be accepted. And if our own law enforcement and our own justice system is not combating this as it should be doing, then it's up to the people. So in my mind, it's like, I feel like DeSantis should just hammer Disney into the fucking ground and don't stop. It's like, look, here's the deal. If you want to operate in our space and you still want these privileges that you're claiming that you're wanting, then you're going to remain politically, uh, you're going to remain apolitical. You don't get involved and you just act as a theme park. But it just seems like in this day and age now, everyone has got to throw their business hat into the political arena. And I think ultimately it's just to secure a customer loyalty. I feel like Disney has a lot of left-leaning people that are now openly supporting them more so. Look at Nike under Kaepernick. They already knew that, like, black people, by and large, buy way more shoes and things such as that than white people. So what did Nike do? Let's back fucking Colin Kaepernick. Let's release these shoes, yada, yada, yada. And their fucking profits through the, went through the roof. So I feel like Disney is kind of taking a similar playbook. And these other woke companies are saying, hey... They don't give a fuck about these causes. It's about money. What can we do that's going to bring us in more money? If we're going to alienate some people on the right, yeah, but are we going to get more support from the left? That's the question I feel like they, a lot of them ask themselves. And so right now with Disney, I feel like DeSantis should hammer them to the fucking ground. Hammer them into the ground and don't stop. Because again, once you went after the kids, if it wasn't for that, I would say no, he shouldn't be getting involved. But once you went after the kids and you tried exploiting them and you started pushing this insane ideology that to me violates the rights of an individual, of the parents, you're trying to target the children, you're on your own. Like, you're done. Like, I don't believe in the constitutional rights for you at all. I think you're groomers, you're pedophiles, and I just, I feel like, no, all bets are off. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, right? I don't think that they need to throw out the Constitution. I don't, because here's what happens. You notice how when any time, like, they go after Trump or they go after a Trump supporter or the FBI is going after a pro-life person that was outside yeah. an abortion center yeah. or the January 6th, this is what they always say. Well, the law is broad enough to go after those people, and so technically they do this. This is what the Twitter regime would do. Technically, you could have violated terms of service, and then you'll be like, yeah, but the double standard's palatable. Like, here's yeah. left-wingers doing far worse, and they're not getting banned. Well, that's what about it. That's all that needs to be done. Yeah. The truth is Disney, like every other large multinational corporation, has all sorts of skeletons in their closet. Oh, yeah. And so you don't have to make up new laws. You just have to say, I'm going to have my state investigators leave no stone unturned, just like New York's doing with Trump right now, with the Trump yeah. organization. That's all they say. And then when people say, oh, you're throwing out the Constitution, you can say, no, we're not. Here were seven people that worked at Disney's park that were child sex offenders. We're just making sure that stuff doesn't happen again. Yeah. And that's it. And effectively, Disney knows what the message is. It's, oh, we waded into politics. We waded into these serious matters. Which means so your skeletons are getting exposed. The other side's like, that's right. There's yeah. going to be repercussions. I that's think the reason that Republicans don't touch that, 
I agree, but I think the reason Republicans, by and large, don't touch that is because they're afraid of what they're going to get labeled as being from the left. Because we care so much, or they care so much about what these leftist accusations entail. So, and I agree with you. I feel like you could use the long arm of the law in a legal manner to kind of go on what you say, a proverbial witch hunt. The left already does it. The left's been doing that to Trump since 2015, yep. 2016. I mean, this has been a nonstop thing. But where have Republicans really hammered the ball on that? Not so much. So I, I definitely agree with you. I feel like there are ways that could be done as far as going after Disney and outing their skeletons and the PR nightmares that would come after the fact, as far as like we talked about yesterday, the sex trafficking and yeah. shit like that. If that really made national or world news, people would be like, what the hell? And they will hemorrhage. They will hemorrhage. Yeah, and I think it would have gotten a lot more coverage than it did. But the thing that scares me, though. Well, actually, you know, it doesn't. That already happens by the left. I would say what happens on the other side does. They're already doing it. They're already doing it. so. It's like ballot harvesting. What are we waiting on? Yeah. Get out there and let's just whatever they're doing, do the same, but do it better. Because ultimately, it just feels yeah, like it's like, going to turn into at the end of this war, there's going to be a few people left standing. But I don't see any other way to veer away from this course that we're already on. I, I really don't. I think with the with the uh, creation of social media and the allowing of information as well as uh, wrong information to spread like the speed of light. And people with just stupid hot takes like uh, the Rob Reiners and shit like that, they're given a voice. They're out there just espousing all kinds of bullshit and misinformation, and nothing happens. So I feel, and there's just a lot of uh, just ad hom going back and forth, and it's like, I don't see a way that we pull out of this tailspin. I don't. Even another 9-11 would not unite us as it did back in the, like, we were united. Now, because I've even said before, I don't want to unite with a side that is pro-pedophilia, pro-child grooming, and pro-trans. I feel like these are mental disorders that have been uh, raised and praised. And I was like, why like, do you praise a schizophrenic? It's like, this, is, this doesn't make sense to me. But the progressive left has gone so far off the reservation of common fucking sense to even say that they are any representat- representatives of like the classic like, neoliberal. No, they are not. They are extremists at this point. Yeah, I mean, I've said... So I'm sure you have friends that lean left. Yeah. I certainly have yeah. a lot of friends that are left wing. I could deal. I could be friends and friendly with someone who's like, I hate Trump, or I want Medicare for all, or you know. But the two issues that I cannot compromise on are the grooming of children yeah. and late term abortion. Yeah. Like when you talk to these sick pieces of shit that are like nine month abortion, why not? I can't. I can't handle that. Yeah. That to me, it's just an instant in my mind. Like I don't want to be in the same room as you. Yeah. I can't be part of what you're part of. Now, if you come in and you're like, you know, I think Trump should be indicted for having, ta- uh, you know, I'll argue with you, but I don't hate you. That's, yeah. that's fine. But those two positions, I just can't, I can't live with. Like, look again. We stand on principle. Our greatest strength is our greatest weakness, right? And I know this about you, John, because we've talked for years. We are willing to listen to the other side when they have criticisms of ideas we support or people we support. You know, we could say back the blue, but if someone on the left shows, let me show you this police cam footage of this cop acting poorly. We'll say, yeah, absolutely. That's terrible. That cop should face those consequences. They won't do that. They believe they are morally superior, and therefore, the end justifies the means. Yes. Sam Harris said this. I don't know if you guys saw what, what Sam Harris in that interview, what he was really saying is Trump and people that support him are so loathsome that if we have to have corporations and government come together to do things like lie, censor, yep. spy on him, yep. so be it. Because, and that's how they really feel. That's how the majority of them feel. Yeah. And so you look at something like cancel culture. I spent years defending every single left-wing person that got canceled. Al Franken and Kathy Griffin and Bob Menendez, people that were accused of horrible stuff. I said, 
look innocent until proven guilty. They shouldn't be canceled for a joke. Yeah. You know, the difference is as soon as I get banned from YouTube, which happens quite frequently, <laughs> frequently, or my Discord channel gets nuked, no one gives a shit. The left doesn't care. They don't care when Trump gets banned. They don't care when you get banned. Yeah. They don't care, right? So at some point I thought, well, the correct side of the argument will prevail. If we just show long enough that free speech is worth it, eventually it'll win out. Newsflash, it's not. No. It's not going to win out until no. the people enforcing cancel culture are forced to deal with the very thing that they prescribe for other people. They're not going to stop. Similarly, with these corporations, the left is out there calling social media, calling these corporations in front of them saying, you're going to do what we want. You're going to push a trans agenda. You're going to censor Trump. You're going to censor questions of COVID. You're going to censor criticisms of Biden. And if you don't, we're going to regulate you. And the Republicans are just like, well, you're a private business. You can do what you want. Yeah. That only ends with these corporations doing whatever the Democrats say. You look to yesterday, a story broke my friend was telling me about. In San Francisco, at Twitter's headquarters, the local government of San Francisco is now investigating Twitter because they had employees working late and sleeping on the floor. This is literally a city where people shit on the street <laughs> and are laying on the street and yeah. sleeping in the open air. And what's the te- what's the city doing? Investigating Twitter because people are working late. Yeah, that's power. Yeah, you know what Elon should do is just say, "Fine, see, I'm moving to Florida." I agree. I but agree. That's why the Ron DeSantis, what you're suggesting and what Ron DeSantis has started, is absolutely the way forward. I don't like it. I wish that we could end yeah. this mutualist toward destruction, but we can't. Because the left won't stop because they think that we're awful people. They think they're better than us. And therefore, anything is justified to take us down and people we agree with. And so until they get a taste of their own medicine, they're not going to stop. I agree. Did you have something you want to interject, Josh? No, I 100% agree. I think that's the road that we're on now. Like, the wheels are in motion and they can't be stopped. Yeah, Yeah. that's just how it is. I would 100% if I was Elon Musk take it all my businesses out of California. Well, we talked about that before. It's like, why is Elon even still there? It's like, number one, they're always going to come after you. Come to places yeah. like Texas or Florida where, they, I mean, yeah. he already moved the Tesla headquarters right. uh, over to Austin area. Uh, bring it, bring it over here. I yeah. mean, cause if we start watching how big tech, let me put it this way. When you have someone like Elon Musk, who said he's based, he's openly said he's a Democrat, but being that Biden was so bad, uh, he said, I think he said he even voted for Biden, but he's like, dude, you guys have gone so far left. It's like, you've basically made me go right. And it's like, it's your own fault. And I feel like that's only going to continue more and more and more. But when you have someone like Elon Musk, who his mind gets changed and more, more people start speaking up in positions of power, especially like CEOs and things such as that of these large corporations. Um, you look at Florida, for example, you know, they, they only closed briefly during COVID. Their economy's flourishing. Uh, uh, Freaking uh, Christy Noem, same. Yeah. They're flourishing. So it just it goes to show you that, like, yes, the wheels are already moving. Like, that's the direction we're going. Like Rob said, though, I do agree. Whether we like it or not, and I don't like it, but this is what they have forced on us. I mean, we look at, like, Elon, for example. People already said they're investigating Twitter HQ. Democrats don't have enemies. Democrats make enemies. Yeah. That's the difference. Democrats, if they would just been, been more tolerant, let people live and let live, we would have had issues with you. But instead, cancel culture was weaponized. And right, the right has pulled cancel culture as well, but more so on the left that I have seen. The left will sit there and say, you know, people on the right, like Rob just said, you disagree with me, that's fine. We yeah. can have a discussion. The left, they take it to a much in much more in-depth 
uh, moral stance to where if I disagree with you, you're just automatically a bad person. Yeah. And that's why Democrats, by and large, they create more enemies. Look at any black Democrat that shifted over to the right. Coon, Sand Nigger, all these things, they went after them and they weren't fucking hammered for it. All yeah. the racism that they spewed at these black, now turned black conservatives... What happened? They were labeled the worst things imaginable, and the left never held their own accountable because they don't have that that understanding of hypocrisy. They're willing, like Rob said, the ends justify the means. So whatever we got to do to ensure the right is crucified, we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that has blown my mind about leftists. It's like, you people are so far off the reservation. But the one thing I've been counting on is that moderate Democrats are going to start becoming more centrist, if not right-leaning, because they've seen how insane their party has become. They've seen it, and there's just... There's, I, dude, I, I don't know how anybody, like, put it this way. If I, as a Republican, or I, as a conservative, whatever you want to call me, and I start seeing the GOP embracing this idea of pushing sexuality on children, I'm out. Yeah. I'm, dude, from a, a neutral standpoint, I'm gone. This party has sunk, and I will find a new home. But when I see people on the left not really pushing for that, like, by and large, it's like, what the fuck? fuck world are we living in because the media's gotten on board the levels of just uh, degeneracy and propaganda that have been spewed by these msm organizations and these figureheads in the news it's beyond me because 10 rewind 10 years ago we would not be having the conversations we're having now about what is a boy what is a woman just gender mutilation this was non-existent how did we get here the insane progressive left this is how we got here yeah. and because people by and large to go back to Rob's point as far as cancel culture, it's never going away. Because cancel culture starts with one little lick of flame, and then on social media it catches, it catches, and catches, until you start demonizing cancel culture as a whole, and you go after those that like participate in it, but it'll never happen. Cancel culture is here. And I think with Rob's point there, the only way to fight this is you get better, and you're more lethal, and you bring them to their fucking knees. Elon's got the means of doing it. Mm -hmm. Other people have the means of doing it. Republicans and business owners need to start standing up and saying, this war was started by the left. You started it. We're going to finish it. Yeah. I, I, you, know, and you have to go on offense. Go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Please. No, I was just going to say, you have to go on offense, right? Yeah. Like, that's why these issues, it, it's funny. I talk to a lot of sort of um, traditional conservatives that are big on policy, like small fiscal government, which I'm, I'm down with that. Uh, like, but when they'll say things like this, Rob, I don't know why you spend so much time talking about, like, critical race theory and, uh, you know, locking down schools and yeah. trans issues in schools. Why do you talk to them? You want to know why I talk? Because one, it's heinous and it needs to be talked about. Second, it's because that's how the left accumulated so much power. While Republicans were talking about winning elections for 30 years, the yeah. left was indoctrinating their children, knowing that the long game was, and Yuri Brezmanov talks about this, right? That the first step towards sort of this communist regime is demoralizing a country. And it mm -hmm. takes 20 years because they have to get in the education system to yep. indoctrinate the children. And that's what it takes, one generation. So we're like four generations in, that's how bad it's done. But the other reason I talk about it is because it's a win. That's why. Because people that might say, I don't like Republicans, they're the party of Paul Ryan, or Donald Trump's got a foul mouth and he's boorish, I don't care for him. Yeah. You know what they hate more? Their children being forced into sexual conversations in third grade, fourth yep. grade, kindergarten at some point. Their children coming home and saying, you're evil because you said I'm a boy and I'm not, yep. I'm a girl. They hate that shit. And so when you, those are the inroads that you start to make. You know, COVID's another place that you go on offense. 
When you look at how gleeful the left was to lock you down, to censor you, and then it turned out that it was all bullshit, that the vaccine mandates, the things they were telling us about it were bullshit, that in many cases they were more harmful than good. New study from Harvard just saying, if you read the CDC paper in January of 2020, like I, or 2022, like I did, that paper gave the data right there that young people that previously had COVID were more at risk from the vaccine than COVID again. Yep, like the left that's ignores the it. CDC's own paper. I did a huge, I did a huge video and thread on it. Every time I debated one of these big left wingers, they're like, "I'd have to read that. I'm not aware of it." They literally forced people to take a medication that was bad for them. Yeah. That doesn't mean the vaccine's bad for everyone. That's not what I'm saying. But when you start to wake people up to these things that really affect you and your family, yeah. that's a win. Because what the Democrats have been excellent at, and the radical left's been excellent at, is demonizing their opposition. They're yeah. constantly on the offense. Yeah. Right? Me and you might say, well, it would be bad but, to but spend hold on. that I, I got to push pause on, on that. I got to push pause on that real quick. They're insanely good at that because they have no moral foundation. I can't sit there. And this is the thing that sucks right. about it. Our own side would eat us alive. Say like you and I were doing a show and we start saying, oh, well, you know, leftists that support this, they're all pedophiles and they're all Nazis. You know, common sense people on the right who I think are outnumbering left by and large would look at like, well, where's your proof on this? So then you get into the conundrum of like trying to right. argue an adjective or a description that you're giving somebody that you know is inaccurate, but you're making it in bad faith to try and demonize them. That's what the left does. The only problem is the left does not have their own to hold their own accountable. And it's kind of like our good nature is shooting us in the foot, but I don't want to participate in that because again, you become the boy who cries proverbial racist. We saw, we read this article prior to the show about Izzo, that fat idiot. And she's out there saying that, guess what? The music industry is, oh, you guessed it, racist. And that's why nobody gives a fuck about black opinions when it comes to racism, because you've sat there and you've decried this so many different times with your counterparts of white liberals, no one takes you seriously. So if we participated in the exact same style of methodological, methodological or Jesus, offensive attacks against the right like they do, no one would take us seriously, and they already don't. So it's like they've played a very good strategic game, but I don't think they intended it to go this way. I I think it was one of those things they threw enough shit against the wall and something just managed to stick. And it's like, oh, we're just going to go with this and work with it. But I do feel like by and large, again, it's the moderates and the Democrats. The moderate Democrats are seeing how insane this is becoming and it's forcing them to flee. But it's like, will we have enough people fleeing to the opposite side? And do we pull in more of the centrists in 2024? And will it be effective enough? Well, then you make an excellent point. But listen, like, I think I could speak for you guys. You tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think that any of us are the most intelligent people in the world or even the best public speaker. Maybe I'm the most attractive person that streams. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But Boy what, conceded. what is the one thing we have? <laughs> what is the one thing we have? We're authentic. Yeah. Like we're telling you our honest to goodness opinion. And you're absolutely right. It is never worth giving up your authenticity to win some sort of political or ideological argument. Yeah. So I would never say that you should just call people racist when you don't have any reason to believe because you think it will score you political points. You're yeah. right. That's what the left does. But what I'm saying when I'm saying going offense is the people that are telling you we need to tell your kindergartner yeah. uh, about sex, those people are sexually indoctrinated. Yeah. That, by definition, is grooming. Yeah. That's what it is. And it's what, like that you could call out. And then I reserve going on offense in other ways before I accuse people of being a racist. I wait until they accuse me, and then I use their own logic against them. So let me give you an example. I could tell you 
that possibly we should look into the reasons why people cite these studies that say police are more likely to shoot an unarmed black man. Mm-hmm. So instead of just shouting racism, I could say, well, what are some of the reasons? And maybe the reasons are it has less to do with race and more to do with the geographical location where those police are being shot at. Yeah. And it happens to be those are black neighborhoods. So if you're a cop who's in a neighborhood like mine, where you might see one violent in- incident a year, you're less likely to either appropriately or yeah. inappropriately discharge your firearm. But if you're in a place where you're getting shot at or attacked regularly, then you're more likely to have a good or a bad shoot. Yeah. But when you start, and so when you say, geez, let's look, you know, blacks make up 15% of the population and they're responsible for 50% of violent crime, they scream racism. Yeah. I turn it on them. I say, uh, this is how I, I deal with that. I say, well, will you acknowledge that most racial crime, most crime occurs intra-racially? In other words, most white people are killed by white people. Most black people are killed by black people. Yeah. Ironically, the only difference of that is most Asian people are killed by black people. Yeah. That's the only exception. We can't talk role. about that because if Asians we do, you're a racist. Really- yeah. There's, there, right, was a, right. there was a lot of black on no Asian thing. hate crime that really went unreported. A lot of people weren't focusing on that. It's like, why? Because they are a protected class in America. I had a buddy of mine who owns the Fire for Effect Candle Company. Yeah, he owns this company. And he sent me the screenshot. I was like, John, I'm about to go off. And the screenshot was, it was a couple, and they own this this, this business that said uh, black and Asian owned. He's like, so can we start putting white owned? He's like, dude, I would. Who gives a fuck? That's like, let play beat them at their own right. game. Because the realistic thing is, if we sit there and say Asian owned, black owned, but we say white owned, why is that racist? Because if we're using skin tone to yep. somehow legitimize a business, for whatever the case may be, well, then why don't we participate in it? And if people say, well, well that makes you a racist, like, then what gives you the minorities the right to get away with it? Instagram is back to you. You've got more subsidies coming to you. You've got way more things from the government that favor you. Fuck, like we talked about in previous podcasts, to get into a college, check out the fact you're a minority, and you're going to have a leg up against any heterosexual white dude. It is an attack right now in this country against white people. And it's like it's not like a direct attack. It's a passive-aggressive like backstab, if you will. So why the fuck should I care about a black-owned business as opposed to giving a fuck about a white-owned business? Doesn't you identifying those character or those racial features inherently make you a racist? Because it's like, I'm only going to support right, white-owned businesses. So what makes it any different if all you want to do is support black-owned businesses? It's not about the quality of service. It's just about who owns the fucking business. Therefore, it's a racial matter. And you're showing favoritism. Right. Why did every business during the George Floyd riots put signs up that said black-owned business yep. or single-mother-owned business? Because they, everybody knows. It's one of those truths we can't talk about. But everybody knows, oh, if that's a white man that owns that business, then fuck them. Yeah. They must be a terrible pro- – oh, sorry, from no love to swear. Oh, you're good. You're good. Uh, but, uh, yeah. th- that's how they – okay. Uh, but, yeah, you, that's why – exactly what you're talking about. So when you say, isn't it true that most crime occurs intra-racially in, amongst their own racial groups? The lefties are always going to say yes, and that's why the white supremacists and the KKKs are so stupid. It's white people killing white people. The black people are killing their own. Well, given that, why am I not allowed to talk about black homicide rates? They say, well, you're focusing on black perpetrators. I say, no, I'm not. I'm focusing on black victims. Why don't you give a shit about the black single mom who works two jobs to feed her two kids whose kids are getting shot up? But you say, well, we can't talk about that. That's racism because the guy that shot their kids are black. So we can't talk about that. Fuck you, right? You're the racist. You're the piece of shit that doesn't care about these things. I got called a racist because I was against the riots that were occurring in Milwaukee, or I mean in Minneapolis, in Chicago, in Atlanta, in Philadelphia. Because a bunch of people, including white people, were going into black neighborhoods and looting and lighting fires. 
And I got called a racist for being against that. And none of, none of those people said, I can't tell you how many people I told that were telling me, friends, friends that I knew on Facebook that I would say, why don't you post your address and leave them come loot your home? Yeah. How about that? If they came into your white neighborhood and started looting, holy shit, that would be a big deal. But as long as it's just them going into the poor black neighborhood, no problem. Let, yeah. them, let them get their aggression out. It's racism to stop. That's what I'm talking about. Like, that's the real racism. That's And I tell people this all the time, like black people, I'm not offering you anything special for you being black. I don't give a shit. I yeah. will treat you as an individual. My political ideology treats you as an individual. Same, I feel, and I know that some people disagree with this. That's how I feel if you're gay. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel if you're Muslim. I don't give a shit. I just don't care. I care about your actions. If you being a Muslim leads you to terrorism, then I care. If you being gay leads you to grooming children, then I care. Yeah. But if you're doing stuff in the privacy of your own bedroom, and as a citizen you're acting in a way that I find to be you know, normal and acceptable, I don't have a problem with it. You know, so what I when what you see is that these groups want the Democrats wants to treat those people not as individuals but as groups. Yeah. Because they're worried if they treated them as individuals, they'd be better than the Democrats. hundred percent. You get these wealthy elite people that say, "Well, we got to keep the inner city black community down because if we didn't, in a generation or two, yep. maybe they would be coming for our CEO jobs. Maybe they would be coming for our lawyer. Maybe jobs. they'd be going but conservative. As long as we tell them all." Oh, that's right. As long as we tell them, oh, you're a victim. Dwight's always out to get you. You're entitled to free shit. You don't have to better yourself. The world owes you something. What happens if you have a kid and you treat them that way? Well, the kid's going to grow up whiny and entitled and not become all they could be. The same is true that they've done to all of these minority communities. And it's because the bigotry of low expectations and the fact that the people forcing that, maybe not the individual that's misguided that you know on the street. But the lawmakers that are making those policies, they're the ones that yeah. are racist. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. I'm not like them just throwing the term out flippantly. I'm saying the people are kind of showing what's in their when the reason they say everything is racist is because they look at everything through a racial lens. Yeah. Which means that they're actually the ones that are racist. But you're absolutely right. Like I don't want to give the wrong impression. I always, always, always try to make it a point. Never, ever, ever be inauthentic. Don't lie. Don't do that. You know, that, that's not the right way to go. At the end of the day, we all die. Yeah. And what matters is, can you look yourself and your loved ones in the face? And you don't want to be on your deathbed going, you know, I sold my soul because I wanted Trump to win. So I lied. I cheated. I got yeah. people. You know, I did all this horrible stuff. We're not the left. Leave those SOBs, you know, try to sleep at night. And I'm sure they sleep like babies because they have no soul. Right. <laughs> but I'm not going to become them. I'll, at the end yeah. of the day, if I die tomorrow, I might not have been right about everything. But damn it, I tried to do what was legitimately in my heart. And so that's good enough for me. You know? Let me ask another hard-hitting question here. Um, with the, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, and this is something that I have noticed, and we're going to keep going with this interview because, uh, fuck, Rob, you get me fired up, man. It's nice to have you on the show for once. <laughs> and um, when we look at, let's say, for example, the mainstreaming of the LGBT, right now the biggest issue I feel like as a society in American culture that we're dealing with is the rise of the trans movement, which I feel has segued into the child drag queen shows and the grooming of children. It felt like the LGB, uh, when it was just that, was kind of operating fine. Like we were pushing for a lot of equal rights. And then as soon as the T got tacked on, we saw the massive downward spiral into immoral degeneracy that also encompassed uh, pedophilia. So my question is, 
in the terms of providing liberty for every single citizen out there, at what point do we start to wake up and realize that, look, liberty and freedom we believe in, but we've also seen with the normalization of the LGBT, now we have sunken into this degenerate cesspool of grooming and pornography, pornogra- well, that too, but uh, pedophilia. This was not as big of an issue as it was five years ago. Granted, it was still there. It was just never talked about to this extent. Or for that matter, people tried to trying to normalize it. And that's what I do see. And it is just mind blowing to me. And all this came with the emergence of the trans movement. Where do you stand on this? Well, I think you're absolutely right. I think one of the, the biggest developments that I see that I think is absolutely amazing is the gays for groomers Twitter yeah. feed. Have you yeah. seen this? I seen yeah. gays against groomers. Yeah. And like, you know, even Dave Chappelle's bit where he's like, you know, the L, the G and the B are kind of like rolling their eyes at the T. Yeah. Right. It's, it's ironic because the trans movement is everything against what progressivism is. This was always the end game. It's a snake eating its own tail because inevitably when you play this game of my opponents are ideologically evil, and this is what the progressive left was doing with third wave feminism, with all these other issues. When you play that game, eventually you run out of people like me and you. Yeah. And so then you target J.K. Rowling. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, and you target this traditional feminist. And this is sort of the crux of what the third wave feminist argument was, which are, you know, women are unique, they are special, and the patriarchy and men are bad. Yeah. Well, the trans movement says we agree and we're women. Yeah. And so they can't coexist. You see this with the, this is the cultural Marxism that the left plays. They did the same thing with the LGBT community and Muslims. Remember the Orlando nightclub shooting? Yeah, that it was, was this Muslim that shot up this yeah. gay nightclub. Yeah, what was it like five six years ago? I was about to say, yeah, I was trying to remember the time gays, frame. Down in Florida. Yeah, all of these gay people started. Yep, they started um, training with firearms, gun registries, firearms, right? And the left was like, whoa, 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 you can't do that. And they were like, why not? Like, you know, Douglas Murray, who happens to be gay, he talked about this. He said, you know, watch them. Watch the left say, show me a bishop, show me a vicar, and I'll scream at them about gay marriage. But an imam, I'm not mm-hmm. shit about that. Bro, I'm glad like, you said that because that's the thing that pisses me off so much about these left-wing hypocrites when it comes to um, calling out, say, for example— white Christians. Like, let's not, let's not even kid ourselves. There is a war on Christianity in this country. There is a war on white Christianity because you just, you hit the nail on the head. And I've said this so many times, these same people that want to condemn Christianity, it's always number right now where you can't criticize the Jews. You cannot criticize Jewish nepotism or even have conversations about that. Now I'm not saying that as a general whole, I'm just saying for the example of racism within a community that is essentially alienating other people from infiltrating and holding jobs under the case. That's wrong. With the Jews, you can't even have that conversation because if you do, you're automatically anti-Semitic and Ben Shapiro will come after you. The other part about it that really aggravates me is you have all these people calling out Christianity. And like you just said, they won't say, let's just say for homosexuality, um, Scott Cameron, I think his name is, the uh, old uh, child star, who, um, Kirk Cameron, I'm sorry, Kirk Cameron, he came out with a book, a, a kid's book. And he said he has tried to get into libraries around the country. And by the way, he is a devout uh, Christian. He's tried to get into to these libraries and do readings. Like with the Drag Queen Story Hour, he's doing it for Christians. He said over 50, excuse me, libraries nationwide turned him down and said no. Why is that? Because they said, we don't align with your Christian values, which is what you do to condemn homosexuality. Fair enough. Then why aren't you saying the exact same thing towards Islam? 
You will not touch it with a brick stick because I got news for you. If we want to say like, oh, it's not actually being done. uh, Show me where in the world that Christians are going out there and chopping off heads, burying people neck deep, stoning them, fucking up their entire family to that extent, as you do in the Middle East that still practices the extreme version of Islam. You've got the Western Islam that is more progressive, which I can tolerate, but Middle Eastern Islam has no place in our culture. None. Because if you truly believe in that version of Islam, then you, it is your dutiful, it is your duty to go out there and commit violence against infidels. We've seen this. And people can say, well, that's not real Islam. It doesn't matter. That's what been, that's what's been practiced as a whole. The text can say one thing, but the practical application of said text as a generalized movement, if it's embraced as a whole, then that's what it fucking is. And that's what we have to acknowledge about Islam. But I don't see Christians in America calling for the deaths of homosexuals. And if they are, they're wrong. I mean, I'm sure there's some people out there that are doing that. But again, the point still stands. They will never touch Islam because the same monster they created will come after them. Or so I would think, but in reality, it won't. But they still won't do it because it's the most hypocritical thing when it comes to liberals. Attack Christians all you want. And people sit there and say... Oh, so you don't support the LGBT? No, I don't, and I don't have to. That is my right. That is my free speech. I don't support your corrupted, degenerate organization. I think it is scum, quite honestly. I'm not saying that about all gay people. I'm saying as an organization, you allow the transgenders to infiltrate, and then you have allowed the pedophilia to try and take mainstream root. Your organization is shit, just like the BLM. Maybe at one point it served a good cause, a good purpose, but fuck me running. You put those same fucking social Marxists up there, and what are they doing? They're stealing from their own, which is indicative of a cultural problem. But we can't even talk about that either, because if you do, you're fucking racist. But the point still stands, the left will never, never, mark my words, they will never call out Islamic extremism. Obama didn't want to do it, he would never fucking say it. It's like, say it, dude. Say Islamic extremism. He would not do it. They wouldn't do it, and the left will never condemn that. Because if they do, then suddenly you're Islamophobic. And everything you've said prior to that is bullshit, and it's hypocrisy. And that's why I just don't have any respect for the left. So if you don't like people having an issue with homosexuality, you better call out that bigotry, as you say, for every single community. But just like with the left, the Muslims are a protected class. Don't talk about them. You can't criticize, because if you do, oh my God, you're a racist. And that's where we stand in this country. Again, it is like the racist emperor has no fucking clothes, and we can't say it. Yeah, there's, there's two things to say in this. One is, this has to do with sort of the fall of communism, right? What communism basically said there are haves and have-nots. Yes. There are oppressors and oppressed. You know, you have the oppressors, which are the bourgeoisie, and the proletariat that are the oppressed. Yeah. And then academia, like you, could, like, you could read glowing reviews of Stalin and communism from the New York Times, from academic journals, all of this until basically Alexander Solzhenitsyn releases the book, The Gulag Archipelago, that explains exactly what's going on in the Soviet Union. And then the debate's over. Like, the horrors that were occurring in these Soviet camps are almost beyond comprehension. Yeah. And so once this comes out and it's like, look, the very people communism is claiming to fight for, the working class, are being screwed over in ways that we can't imagine. Mm-hmm. You know? That, uh, and once that came out, what happened was they realized that they could continue to play this same Marxist game, but it doesn't have to just be based on wealth. You can yeah. play it based on race. Yep. You can play it based on sexual orientation. You can play it based on ability. And so that's what their coalition is. Yep. That's what the progressive coalition is. It is, let's break everyone into groups, and each group is oppressor and oppressed. So I'm Rob North. People can't see me you know, right now. I'm white. Well, that's bad. I'm an oppressor. I've got I'm your straight. picture pulled that's up on bad. the screen of the oppressor. podcast. People can see you. <laughs> there we go. So, you know, I'm white. I'm a man. I'm married. That's oppressor. Christian, that's oppressor. But I'm fat. Oh boy, that makes me 
being oppressed, right? So all I got to do is make that my entire ideology. I'm oppressed. I'm fat. By the way, this is where trans comes from. I personally know one trans person. This is how it went. They were a white man that was in the debate community. And in the community, they were at a school that was radical black activists. So as a white man in that community, they were the oppressor piece of shit. But then one day they woke up and they're trans. And now they're the most oppressed. Yeah. And now they get all the respect. Yeah. And they get to shame other people. That's what it's about. And so that's how you could be like, well, wait a minute. If we're looking at LGBT and we're like, we're trying to stop oppression at LGBT, well, clearly Muslims around the world are bigger violators of that than Christians. Why can't they go after the Muslims? Well, because the Muslims are oppressed. Yep. When you look at the, but the problem is that coalition will fracture, right? Do you think? Because there are, there are, there are groups. Well, they eventually don't have to because once they get rid of all of the, you know, we beat down the white people and the men and the straight people and the Christians. Then the groups are going to start to argue amongst themselves. Yeah. Who's, I saw this in the debate community when I debated in college. Like, you would not believe some of the funniest rounds you would ever see. It, you know, they're supposed to be talking about corn subsidies. First team stands up and goes, we're black. We're not talking about corn subsidies. We're talking about racism. Everything's because of racism. And then the second team stands up and they're two white women and they're like, no, everything is sexism. And these are two men and they're sexist. And then the black people are like, but these women are white and they're racist. And you're as a judge just sitting there like, oh, are you kidding me? That's, that's going to spill out and you already see it. It's spilling out into the real world. With the tra- it, It's starting, it kind of started with gay people and Muslims. Now you're seeing it with feminists and trans people and the TERFs and all of that yeah. stuff. So that's, that's one of the things that's happening. The other thing that I think is worth mentioning is a lot of this is rooted in postmodernism. And I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you like a lot of people that talk about this stuff, that I'm some great philosopher. I know the slightest amount about this stuff. Mm-hmm. But basically, they don't believe in truth. Mm-hmm. They don't believe in, like, they, they, that's why they believe in cultural rel- All cultures are good. There's no one right way to live. No, molesting children is bad. Yeah, that's cultures not a good thing. Cultures like yeah. those in Afghanistan, that, that, that's a bad culture. Yeah. Right? I could say that. That doesn't make me racist. That's just true. We strive to be better than that. And the problem when you say that truth doesn't exist, it allows you to say things like this. Well, what is a man? What is a woman? Yeah. You know, can you define man? In fact, can you define everything? Because all definition requires language and all language is socially constructed. So if I ask you, can you define what a chair is? It would be very difficult for you to give me an all-encompassing answer of what a chair is. And I'll always be able to find fringe objects. Yeah. Well, here's a rock, but someone carved a leg in it. Is that technically a chair? That's what yeah. they do with men and women. Right. Let me ask you another question then. Once we accept that, John, if there's no truth between what's a man and a woman, what's nine years old? Exactly. It's yeah, a I, matter of, you go ahead. Yeah, and I think, so what if, hold on, Josh got something. Yeah, go I ahead. Think, uh, That's the problem. And then it's like, so what if that nine-year-old decides they want to engage in intercourse with an adult? Yeah. Don't yeah, they see, have that right? There was they a, feel like they're 20. Hold on, Rob. Let's let Josh talk. Yeah, there was an online study that uh, in a nationwide sample of U.S. adolescents, you know, transgender adolescents had an elevated um, their elevated rates of psychological, physical, and sexual abuse compared to uh, heterosexual mm-hmm. kids. So I think that's a big red flag when you have – Right. Adolescents starting to um, show these um, actions, yep. uh, start to act, say, uh, maybe I'm a boy, maybe I'm a girl. Yep. I think that's a big red flag to maybe look into the parents or the mm-hmm. adults that are around them and see what the hell is going on. Because you know, clearly, yeah. if it's up into the high 70 percentile, that there's some sort of sexual abuse going on to these kids. 
you know what scares me about that is now transgenderism has become way more mainstream than it used to be back then. Yeah. And they're going to normalize this and you're going to see a way more uh, indoctrinated. Why is it mentally- so popular in California? Mm, exactly. What's going on in California? All yeah. these people want to talk to kids about sex and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you have all these kids who are like, oh, these are transgender kids. You got to <clears throat> transgender youth. We got to take care. Yeah. Well, to me, it seems like there's some sexual abuse, some physical abuse, something's going or on some there. some psychological that's, abuse for that matter. Uh, because like when you screw these kids up in yeah, their head, when you see two parents that are trans and suddenly they have a trans child, don't tell me that they were born that way. And that's why, and again, that's why it leads back. We can have that debate towards like, were, were homosexuals actually born that way? Cause it goes against the better nature of how nature takes its course. Or were you sexually abused as a young child? But it, it, yeah, possibly. And I'm not trying to say this towards all gay people. I'm just saying in general, that if we look at the transgender aspect of this and you see two trans parents, with a trans child. I'm not talking about adult, a trans child. That kid was not born that way. You indoctrinated that child to be that way. And so when you ask questions like that, do we indoctrinate our children to be straight? Yeah, I would think so to an extent because you're taught, it's like these are things that are good, these are things that are bad. Do I think homosexuality? Not necessarily because even my father did with my brother. My brother's gay. Uh, but there was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of abuse. Yeah, see, I don't think, you don't raise your kids to be straight. That's just nature. That's that's our innate ability when we are born. This is how okay, God yeah. made us to man with woman to but you in know, have children. We certainly do train our children to be straight. Uh, I just think it's an innate uh, response to how God made humans. I mean, not everybody believes in God. That's yeah. fine. I do. Mm-hmm. So I think it's an innate uh, thing that we're all born with. That this mm-hmm. is how you. This is how we repro- uh, procreate. That's how we. Uh, There's the natural order of things. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. So 100%. I mean, that's just my personal belief. I, I, I can't well, they want to, think it's too far off. Yeah, Josh, no, you ignorant slut. <laughs> like, go ahead, Rob. Go ahead. Not a lot of people get that <laughs> reference. <laughs> they, they, there is no, there could be no secret cows. There could be no religion over their religion oh. of their progressivism. That's what postmodernism is about. When you read the postmodernists, they talk about. Any, the conversation we're having right now isn't a conversation by like-minded people that are, you know, friendly and having a conversation about things that we agree on. It's a power struggle. Yeah. Every, because if there is no truth, then any conversation between two parties is just both of them trying to get power and dominance over the other. It's probably and why they always said I'm speaking my truth. Someone, like my, I'm speaking my truth. Like, no, there's there's, there's exactly just the right. truth, and then there's the lies. Yeah, if you say two plus two is five is my truth, well. No, your truth is wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. It's not true. It's not right. So I think that's, again, that's That's why they dismantled the conversation to the extent that Rob's describing. So that way they never have to to accept the truth. Like Matt Walsh's What is a Woman? It's a basic biological explanation. But instead, what they try and do is they get into the weeds of biology and start saying things like, oh, social construct. Yeah, the social construct part, that is true. But that social construct was rooted off a sexual biological nature. A boy is a boy. A girl is a girl. The social construct that comes with it, you might not like. And you can disagree with gender roles and gender norms. I can understand that. But to sit there and deny the basic principle of what what makes a man a man or a woman a woman? That's when you lose me. And then I feel like you're a bad faith actor. It's like there, we can have no conversations because, again, you are not rooted in the actual truth that is by and large accepted by the entire fucking world. It's not just America's views. The entire world understands the difference between a man and a woman. The fact that America even has to have this conversation in 2022 is just mind blowing to me. This is where we're at as a society. And I feel like we have failed. We have failed massively. We could have been on trying to cure cancer, doing amazing 
amazing things, which by the way, Joe Biden still is not done. We could be doing such amazing things, but instead we are bogged down in this culture war that was spawned by leftist insanity and embraced by politicians and corporations. And America feels to me, honestly, like a Sodom and Gomorrah 2.0. And a smokescreen too, like things that are really going on. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, you know, when you think about it, right, if you read these dystopian novels like 1984 or my friend Drone Tech, he's always talking about Star Trek. Uh, there are four lights. Like if you've ever seen that episode uh, in 1984, it's two plus two is five. Mm. What is that about? What, like what's what are they trying to say? Why are they trying to indoctrinate people to the truth is just what the people in positions of power? Say? Well, that's exactly it. Yes, there are reasons to indoctrinate your kid. They want they don't want any group above their own they don't want christianity they don't want religion they don't want the nuclear family that's why blm had in their website one of the big things they were going after was the nuclear family they want their children indoctrinated by the state and their agents which are the left-wing teachers that they put from k through 12 all the way through secondary education that's what they want because if they could create people that believe that the only truth is what they tell them then they could achieve universal power. Yeah. Right now, we're able, for example, to do things like this. We could take the Hunter Biden laptop story, and they could say, this story is bullshit. And we could say, no, it's not. And let me show you why. Because we could see that the people that received these emails, like Tony Bublinski says, yes, I did receive this email. We could see the proof from pictures that Joe Biden met with these business associates. But the left, some of them are so indoctrinated, they'll literally look at it and go, no, that's not what that is. Yeah. And you're like, how can you say that? This is objectively the truth. That's the power of saying there is no objective truth. If you are in a power and truth doesn't exist and it's only what you say it is, you could make people believe anything. Mm -hmm. And then you start reading books like 1984 that says, you know, through pharmacological and sort of societal issues, people will embrace authoritarianism. They'll beg for more of it. They'll beg for censorship. That's where we're at. That's 100% where we're at. There are people... There are people right now, like, this is the objective truth. Regardless, like or hate Elon Musk, Elon Musk came in, and even if you say it's all for show, one of the first things he did was start getting rid of hashtags and uh, Twitter handles that were promoting child pornography. Now, that should be a universal good for every. You could say, I hate Elon. I think he's just doing this to promote himself, but I'm glad that he did that right. But no one gives a shit about that in the left. What they give a shit is it's worse that he's leaving conservatives to speak. That's what they're really. So the advertisers are all going to leave. You mean the advertisers stuck around when there were lawsuits for moms saying images of my 13-year-old nude were spread on Twitter and I asked Twitter to pull them down and they refused? That's yeah. an actual lawsuit. That happened. Yeah. The advertisers stayed when that was going on, but they left when Trump was brought back. Yeah. That's where you could see just how perverse things are getting. Yeah. And like, it, 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 what, what's amazing to me, John, and I know, I know both of you would say the same thing. It's accelerating at such a rapid pace. If I told you 10 years ago that it would become a censorable offense on almost every social media platform to say that men can't be women, you would have laughed at me. Yeah. You would have said, that's crazy bullshit Alex Jones stuff. Yeah. But now we just accept it. When I'll be streaming to Twitch later tonight, I can't have this conversation I'm having with you there. Yeah. I can't have it. That's why I need to go to Rumble, bro. That's why I need to get you over to Rumble because you can have these conversations on Rumble. That's what I love. And here's the thing I love that kind of proves our own point. You've got two, we got three people talking right now that we are having some very, very interesting discussions on some very, very controversial and offensive topics. But none of us, and Rumble basically, and I've talked to them, they basically said, as long as you're not breaking the law, you can say whatever you want to say. So look at three adults white males are having
having a conversation and it's not racist, it's not sexist, it's not misogynist, it's nothing. It's discussing these topics. Whereas in on Twitch, you can't even talk about trans issues in the same context or capacity that we are, which is in by no means hating on them. I don't agree with them. But you can't have that. And so what you've done is you've censored one platform. Therefore, you can never really get to the crux of the of the scenarios or the positions. So you have to kind of lightly curtail around them without hitting it right on the nail or the nail on the head. Versus Rumble, we've been given that opportunity, and here we are not abusing it. So it's not really true that if you, know, you give people free speech, instantly the hatred comes out. Liberals have said that to undermine Twitter, to character assassinate Elon Musk. That's all that is. People start saying, oh, the N-word spiked on Twitter. No, the fuck it hasn't. Yeah, by Snoop Dogg? Yeah, like Snoop Dogg and like black Dave hip-hop Chappelle? artists. Yeah, they can get away with saying it, but <laughs> that, white people, oh, God forbid. About those guys? Yeah. I mean, Dave Chappelle can't do a skit without... Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't say that, Dave. You're not gay. Well, cool. Well, I like... <laughs> Josh is referring to this thing Chappelle talked about where uh, he was making a joke yeah. and he used the word faggot. And so she was like, well, Dave, you, you, you and, he, and then he also said nigger. And she was like, Dave, you, you can't say that word because you're not gay. He's like, yeah, but I'm also not a nigger either. But I mean, what the fuck? And you're like, this is true. You should be able to have these conversations because I was talking to a very close friend of mine and I've, I've used this and this person is not really in the political spectrum. They don't know a lot about it. But I said, I want to conduct an experiment on you. I was like, you tell me which is more offensive. And I said, cracker? Or nigger. And she goes, oh, don't, don't say that. I was like, wait, which one? She goes, well, the N-word. I was like, but hold on. Both of them are rooted in racist origins. Why are you more offended by the N-word versus the C-word? Mm. And to even have these types of discussions, which does not make you inherently a racist, it's simply acknowledging there are cultural issues in our country that we need to get to the bottom of and have these hard-hitting conversations. Mm. But on platforms like YouTube or Twitch or Facebook, you cannot have those conversations. Therefore, it is basically living in darkness and you cannot have actual perspectives that are rooted in actual truth, logic, stat-based information. You can't do that because if you do instantaneously, the majority of which like on Twitch will come after you and call for you to be canceled and Twitch is big and notorious about that. If you piss off one of their dear fucking weirdos, like when they put that moderator that was a deer that she thought she was a, he was a deer, was a trans deer and you could literally pay this guy $100 to get scritches. It was fucking the weirdest thing ever. You call these people out, they will you you cannot dislike anybody but i'm sorry when you've got some dude dressed as a woman whose face looks like fucking you know rainbow bright sat on his fucking face and farted then yeah i'm gonna think you're kind of out there but if you say that oh my god we're love intolerant but they can certainly attack white christian heterosexual men all they want and nothing fucking happens so when you come on platforms like rumble bro it's weapons free and ain't nobody fucking safe we will have those conversations because they need to happen they need to occur and people need to have their perspectives challenged if not to change your mind but at least see the opposing side of it but by and large liberals on twitch the same reason why liberals are scared that twitter is going more centrist and fair the same reason they don't want to do that on twitch because they know on the grounds and on the on the field of common sense and equal uh, playing abilities or conversation abilities they know that by and large they will lose that's why they're scared to lose twitter that's why they flock to these places like twitch and such you will never come over to rumble and all you've done is you've taken the likes of myself, you've taken the Andrew Tates, you've taken people that have been silenced, censored, said, you know what? I'm going over to Rumble. And the more draconian these big tech companies have become, such as Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook, they ban for the stupidest things now. People are like, you know what? I'm fed up. Because even people on the left are like, this is ridiculous. 
I'm going to go someplace where, yeah, maybe there is a lot of hate. Maybe there is some hate speech there if you even believe in such a thing. Maybe Nick Fuentes does have a channel on there. But you know who else has got a channel? Some of the most respected debaters and political influencers I've ever seen. So in this utopia that liberals really want to have exist on the social media world does not actually exist. You're going to have to take the good with the bad and you're and learn basically at the, the, the fundamental reason is learn how to mute and block people. And there you have it. But liberals don't want that. They want this utopian social media society where their terms and definition of hate speech does not exist. And again, they don't seem to understand what constitutes hate speech because Islam pushes a lot of hate speech, but you're fine with that. But if white people say, oh, I don't really agree with homosexuality, that's instant hate speech. I'm sorry. I classify that as free speech. But again, See, again I don't even know that they really believe that's what they're doing. I think it's just a bigger... Uh, broader brush to be able to suppress yeah. actual news yeah. like the Hunter Biden about, laptop. Yeah. So yeah, they could say we could do all these little blanket terms yeah. uh, for our TOS. Yeah, but at the end of, whistles, yeah. yeah, but at the end of the day, the the main cause, they don't care about this. Fuck they don't no. care about racism. They don't no. care about gay people. They don't care about any of that. So all they care no. about is controlling a narrative. Well, it's just like if liberals gave a shit about black people, power. if liberals gave a shit about Black Lives Matter, then why did they crucify and attack any yeah. black that came over and became conservative? Yeah, they don't Holy care. shit. The com Folks, this is real life. You go on Instagram and you go see a black influencer post something involving white people and you go read the black racism in those comments, it will... I'm, I'm pretty sure people that listen to the show, you've already seen this. It's not going to surprise you. But God forbid you post something like that in regards to like a black hate crime and instantaneously, oh, well, why are you pointing this out? Is it you racist? It's like, uh, no, it just needs to be pointed out because guess what? Blacks do commit hate crimes. Everybody commits. Every, there's not a single race that is not guilty of having those within their race committing hate crimes. But when you try and deflect and make it, a, you know, and try and say that, oh, it's because, you know, they've been oppressed for so like, no bullshit, bull fucking shit. And that's why you have these bad faith conversations, which leads me to why is Valsh running from you, Rob? <laughs> I saw, I saw before, I, before I got he banned on Twitter, I saw Aftershock, who runs your debates, basically calling Vosh out saying, why aren't you debating Rob Noor? All the lefties are. Destiny doesn't want to debate me. Vosh doesn't want to debate me. Uh, there's a guy named I'm Really Important. <laughs> I crushed him on the Ukraine stuff to the point where he actually said to me live on air, I don't want to talk to you because I like to stay in my bubble. <laughs> the reason that they run from me is because they know I will crush them in yeah. these debates. And I'm not even saying, like, Destiny, I give the, you know, you've interacted with Destiny. Yeah. Destiny can be a good debater. Yeah. He's too wrapped up in sort of personal drama stuff now to actually be, you know, in, investigating political stories. So the last debate I had with Destiny was on Joe Biden's record. He got crushed. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. And they still talk about me on their shows. They say, Rob, the conspiracy theorist. But they don't want to talk to me. And the reason is this, because I'm not a big streamer. They would talk to a Jordan Peterson, yeah. or they would talk to someone that they felt they could reach a big audience to get yeah. their message out. But they're not yeah. going to talk to someone like me who could wreck them and only has 80 people watching. Yeah. They don't want that. I give nothing to them. And so the last time I debated Bosch was on Modern Day Debate on a panel, uh, which they'll do the panels because then what they do is mean their way through, yeah. and they could hide behind the fact that it's eight on one. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, they each get five minutes, and then I get five minutes to respond to 40 minutes worth of material. Yeah. So they could run and just be like, Rob's a racist, Rob's a conspiracy theorist. But that, that's exactly what's happened. They're running from me in all these issues. People do it. I can't find lefties to debate me anymore unless it's on crazy issues. Yeah. That's why if you watch the debates I've done recently, I'm debating right-wingers on white nationalism or mm. Christian nationalism because they'll debate me, you know, but the left-wing people, like, I can't get someone to debate me on the Twitter files 
or on Hunter Biden's Burisma connections or on Russiagate or on the FBI spying on Trump. They don't want to touch that because the truth is this. They know the entire sort of mantra of someone like Bosch or the people that follow them. They feel that they're these hip, cool revolutionaries. Mm -hmm. But the problem is it's like the hippies in the 70s, except all of the establishments on their side. And so when they can't admit, they can't admit, oh, we pretend to be the underdogs. We're the little guys fighting. And simultaneously, every major, every major corporation and political body is on our side. Yeah. They can't admit that. And to so include the MSM. They just have to run from the conversation. Yeah. And so that's what Bosch is going to do. He's going to run. He pretends the last time he was on the Crucible, uh, one of the, call, the super chats said, why are you running from Rob Nor? Will you debate Rob Nor? And he's like, Rob Nor. I don't know who that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's dumb. Or oh, maybe I'll consider it. He don't want to do it. I've had three or four moderators reach out to him. I've reached out to him. I've reached out to Destiny dozens of times. The last time I debated Destiny, he said, yeah, he wants to debate me on Hunter Biden working for Burisma. Well, it hasn't happened. And, you know, I'm not trying to brag, but I do have a background in debate. I do look at these stories of corruption and know my facts on them. And they don't want to wade into the water. They would prefer to beat up on random callers that are calling in or people that are – you know, that they could easily say, well, that person's racist. They'll yeah. talk to Nick Fuente. Destiny was buddies with Nick Fuente. They'll talk to him because at the end of the day, even if you lose a debate, you can still tell your audience, well, he's a Nazi. Yeah. So who cares, right? Everything yeah. he says is not. They can't say that shit. No, I saw, deb- so I saw Destiny say, debated Nick Fuentes. I was like, why Why is this happening? That's interesting. I mean, I, I kind of want, I should have tuned in for that. But no, it was apparently Nick Fuentes uh, went up against Destiny. I saw Nick Fuentes on another show doing the debate, and I was not impressed with Nick Fuentes' stances. Like, he seemed very um, lackluster. He wasn't as passionate about something. Because he was also talking to two black dudes. I was like, wait a minute. Suddenly, the, uh, the white nationalists, you're kind of... You're not as very passionate as the things you were before or saying before. Now you're confronted with two black dudes. What happened to that zeal? What happened to that, uh, you know, that passion? But Destiny, you know, I don't, I, did, I don't get Destiny sometimes. Like, I get where he comes from a few times, but on some of the stances he takes, it's like, dude, like, you're a very, he's a very pro 2A guy, which means, okay, there's a, there's a seed of common sense in there. He understands the need for the Second Amendment. But these other issues, I think he, he calls himself, like, what, a sock dem? He's a socialist Democrat, I think. Is that what he calls himself now? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, which, okay. And that's like Vosh calling himself a, uh, what is it, like a, uh, a democratic lib- uh, democratic uh, libertarian or a social libertarian, which is like, that doesn't make sense. I, I don't get that. Everybody has yeah, to be they, a special they, they, boy. They the, the labels, yeah, the labels that they throw out, I don't even pay attention. Look, yeah. Destiny leads above Vosh. Vosh sucks. Vosh is disingenuous. He's a terrible debater because he relies on emotional appeals and lies. Bosch debated Jackson Hinkle. Jackson Hinkle's this sort of, I think he would call himself like a MAGA communist, which is very weird. I disagree on a lot of what Jackson Hinkle says. Yeah, he's like a Jimmy Dore type person where he's a super like socialist progressive person, but also thinks that the CIA and everything was against Trump. And Mm -hmm. so he's like, you know, the enemy is my enemy is my friend type thing. Yeah. Which I don't necessarily disagree with on many things. But Jackson Hinkle debated Bosch maybe a year and a half ago, and I did a four-hour review of this one-hour debate, right? And the crux of the debate was the OPCW, which is sort of the UN's regulatory body that investigates chemical weapons attacks, they did a review of the attack in Syria that led to Trump bombing Syria, right? There Mm -hmm. was this gas attack. I forget the exact region in Syria. And basically what I'm just going to give the cliff notes of this. The, there was a whistleblower who was the point person for the OPCW in Syria that basically was like, this is bullshit. Assad did not gas his own people. In fact, we don't even think there was a gas attack. 
And he had all these reasons why. So he brings these findings to his body, and the body basically tells him and his team, well, we're going to let you go. And they replaced them with people that weren't there, and were like, here's the story of Saad Gass's people. So this yeah. whistleblower speaking up saying, this is bullshit. They buried the real story. So Jackson Hinkle's arguing that side of it, and Bosch is arguing the other side. Now, here's the reason I bring it up. Towards the, the entire position of Jackson Hinkle relies on the testimony of this one whistleblower. And Bosch says this towards the end of the debate. He says, well, you're aware that this guy ends up concluding with me, Assad Gass's people. And Jackson takes a step back, and he's like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, the guy ultimately concludes at the end that the gas attack did happen, that it was Assad. And Jackson's like, oh, that's it. That's the end of the debate. Bosch wins the debate. Mm-hmm. But then luckily Jackson's like, well, wait a minute. Can you show me where? Yeah. And Bosch is like, well, you know, that's what he said. And Jackson's like, wait, wait, wait. I'm reading the conclusion right now. He actually says the exact opposite. And Bosch is like, well, anyways, back to that other point. Uh, okay. In a nutshell, that's Bosch. Okay. He just lied. He just made it up. And what's the lie? He'll just deflect and move on to the next thing yeah. if he gets caught in the lie. And if he doesn't get caught in the lie, well, then I've won the debate. Yeah. That's every single issue. That's how he debates. Destiny's not like that. Destiny, you could actually have an actual conversation with him. And you've done it. I've done it. Yeah. You could have a debate with him. I think that he's fallen off because Destiny. If you're talking to someone like you or me, you have to be up on the facts of an issue. And sometimes that takes time looking mm-hmm. into things. You can't when if you're just doing he's doing the Steven Crowder thing now where he just sets up a table and says, Talk to me about this issue, that's easier to do because you're sort of yeah. you know, it's sort of like an ambush style person on the street. It's harder when someone's prepared to yeah. deal with it. Destiny's now in this drama arc, it gets him more yeah. views, more clicks. And here's the truth, like and I'm sure you guys know this. The lefty political world of streamers, they don't have shit to say when their side's in power. No. Because they can't defend the open border. They can't defend inflation. They can't defend the corruption. So then it's all drama. Yeah. Who destiny sleep with this week? What did uh, Keffel say this week? You know, that's what it is. That's why the irony is the best thing that could happen for that crew is for Trump to get back in it. Yeah. At least they'd be able to talk about politics. Then. <laughs> and so that's, for me, Destiny's falling. I'm no, gonna, he's falling off. I'm going to regret, I'm gonna regret asking this, Rob. What is the – so I think a lot of people that listen to the show know who Destiny is. Destiny is a very famous – uh, debate political streamer. Um, I've, I've debated him a few times. It's actually been very interesting debates. It's, it's been very uh, eye-opening to the public to actually watch these types of things because Destiny, as much as they disagree with him, he's a very intelligent guy. He knows this, though. But what is what is the personal drama Destiny is wrapped up in right now? Um, you know, Destiny, I'm not saying... Let me be clear. I don't really hate... I, I don't like Vosh at all. I don't really no. dislike Destiny... And I don't like to wade into the drama, but I'll say what I think is public knowledge that Destiny would have meant. Um, he's in an open relationship. Right. Okay. Um, and he was also frequently friends with, first he was friends with Nick Fuentes. He wasn't just debating Nick Fuentes. He was like going to eat dinner with Nick Fuentes. Uh. And so there was this other guy by the name of Mr. Girl. Mr. Girl, Girl is sort of this edgelord who's like, I do raps about pedophilia, but I'm not really a pedophile. And, you know, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. saying that we need to understand that these are people too, you know, and when you listen to him, he's just this, he's one of these people that I despise because he thinks he's smarter than he is. He's using $10 words, but he only understands $1 words. <laughs> and I'm not like that. When, when you did my show the other day, John, the best praise, I, and I, this is some of the highest praise I could say about anyone. You know what you're talking about 
but can explain it in a way that average everyday people like me understand. And to me, that's one of the highest compliments because it doesn't matter how much you know about something. If you can't communicate it in a way yeah. that average people understand, it's yeah. worthless. Yeah. And Mr. Girl is one of these people that you know them that's like, well, what's the pedagogy of your statement? Let's look at the philosophical underpinnings of a statement like that. <laughs> Do you understand that Marcuse would have said blah, blah, blah? And you're just like, shut the fuck up. Like, what are you, <laughs> funny, like, that's we Mr. know you're Girl. smart, bro. Girl, Use smaller words so I can better understand your position because I feel like a lot of people here don't. <laughs> I, I didn't have a dictionary or a thesaurus like rammed up my ass when I was a kid. So my, my word usage is like, pull it back a little bit there, fucking Webster, easy. It was funny. When I did debate, policy debate, and I was debating like Harvard stuff, teams and stuff, I would routinely have judges say I was the only person they ever heard at that high level that would routinely be like, I don't know what that word means. <laughs> and like, half the time, neither would my opponent. They'd yeah. be like, oh. Uh, you know, but I was just like, I'm just some dumb hit. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm pretty good at debate, but I don't yeah. I don't have this vocabulary. Yeah. But anyways, just to make this quick, Mr. Girl was also friends, and he's pushing back on Destiny for hanging out with Nick Fuentes. So Destiny has a fallout with Fuentes. But then things come to a head with Mr. Girl. And there's this other streamer named, I might be getting this particular person wrong, but I think their name is Lav. And Lav sort of a booby streamer uh, you know one of these people that it's like i think has an only chance but they dabble in talking about politics with low-cut shirts and basically lav mr girl after his fall reaches out to lav and like lav releases comments that's like i slept with destiny who's in this open relationship and he was domineering and i feel like he abused him. Oh, and so now mr girl is trying to find every one of destiny's past hookups and girlfriends and saying, did Destiny pressure you in this situation? Oh, my God. And so that's what the drama is, that this former friend of Destiny is now contacting all of these girls, apparently, and trying to I think it's total bullshit. I, yeah. I, I, not, that I don't sounds like some high school drama in the Twitch sphere. That's why that's, Twitch debates, the first time I actually got brought onto a panel debate, um, oh, God, whose show was it? It was the something Royale, the Raj Royale or some shit. I think this is, like, back in 2018, 2019, when uh, political Twitch streaming was really taking a hold and, like, people were really loving the debates on Twitch. And I went on the stream, and in my mind, I'm thinking that we're going to have a debate of intellectuals. Like, we're going to have some really smart people. I'm not calling myself an intellectual, but I figured that you're going to have some people out there that are just, they're very intelligent, they know what they're talking about, I step into this political arena with some 18-year-old out of England that's nothing but a provocateur the entire time. I got two titty streamers that are just there to try and grow their fucking fan base and their yep. OnlyFans. And I'm sitting here and I'm just like, I can't believe I have allowed myself to get put into this room with these fucking degenerate pieces of shit thoughts and this fucking little 18-year-old that if he was here, I could beat the fuck off this kid. And it's like, and I got to debate these morons? Like, I'm, I feel like I have lowered myself to the peasant class of those that consume this type of content. Content, they probably touched themselves the Kardashian episodes. And I was like, I'll never go back on that. Because Grizz like, well, if you want to grow in the political debate world on Twitch, you got to go on these panels. Like, because BX Bullet, she put herself in that situation. She was always going on these shows. I was like, BX, like, you got way more to offer. Don't subject yourself to the fucking, these idiots. Like, don't. You're an eagle. Don't go down there and peck with those chickens. Yeah, exactly. Eagles, not chickens, man, right? Uh, so when I see this stuff and these debates, it's like, I feel just kind of like with the Alex Jones, Kanye, Nick Fuentes interview, there could have been some really great conversation pieces, but you got Kanye's dumbass over there like, I love Hitler. Like, oh my God. But that's the problem with Destiny is like, get out of that. Like, Destiny could do so much better. Pull yourself out of that bullshit. Don't subject yourself to that type of peasantry. Because honestly, 
You're never going to win with these people. They want, these are the people whose intelligence level equates to that of their shoe size. You're not going to have really good content. It's literal fucking drama. And those are the same people, especially when you bring in the titty streamers. If I see a titty streamer at a debate, I'm out. Like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not debating this. Like, what is this? It's like, you know what you're fucking doing. You're trying to get favoritism because you're tits. And God forbid you call that out. Oh, you're a messiah. I remember the one thing that we had. I had this one transgender on. I forget his, his name. And he had a breakdown on the, in the debate. And I, I basically, I muted him. I was like, hey, you can go deal with your stuff. I'm going to pull you off camera. I don't want people watching you cry because I was, I was fair. I was moderating. I was like, I'm not, I don't want people making fun of him. Uh, I bring him back on. He's like, why did you do that to me? This triggers. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, I'm done. I'm done playing your fucking games. The kid gloves are coming off. You don't like that. Get off the fucking show. But you have shut like that, that devalues and undermines the spirit of the debate. Because then you're not even talking about issues. You're just trying to get attention for yourself because of your fucking mental disorder. And that's stuff that's like, I feel like Twitch has just really, the Twitch debate world, it's garbage at this point. It's just, you're not going to have any really good debates. Well, not only is it garbage, but listen, you got Hassan, who's the big lefty Twitch person. He's not a debater. No. Hassan sucks. Hassan's an entertainer. Yeah. That whatever he's got. And let me be, let me be clear here. I don't like. I don't know Hassan well. I don't particularly like him. I just want to say I'm, I don't want this to come off as sour grapes. People could watch what they want. When yeah. I was in, uh, in high school, I watched religiously WWF, <laughs> and people, my friends, told me it was the dumbest shit in the world. So everybody's got their own entertainment shit. If yeah. you're the type of person that's entertained with Jerry Springer type shit, watching your favorite streamer talk about how they bang some other streamer, more power to you. Yeah. It's not my thing, but I don't give a shit if yeah. that's what you want to do. But the irony is, when it comes other than his songs. To me, the biggest left-wing political streamer was Destiny. Yeah. And this Keppels, the basically trans mafia on on Twitch, got him kicked off. Yeah. And so now political Twitch, is, even the numbers of the viewers, has fallen off. Yeah. And the truth is Destiny was bringing an audience. And so think of how this works, right? You're some middle-of-the-pack lefty that's you know 20 years old that doesn't have a job that streams as your career, and you want big views. Well, when you do a stream by yourself, you don't have shit to say, no. right? Which is 95% of them. So what do you do? You host a panel and you mm. invite Destiny yeah. or you invite Gosh or these big streamers. Well, what happens when those big streamers can't come? Well, then your audience dries up. And yeah. so the irony and Destiny, listen, again, he could do what he wants. I don't think he wants to do more political debates because, you know, for him, I don't know what his priorities are. And again, more power to him. If his priorities views... He's fucking killing me, so I'm not going to give him advice on more power to him. He's yeah. doing what he wants to do. I think it's shitty. Anytime someone starts to involve your significant others and people were going after death, yeah. I know he's in an open relationship. I disagree with the concept of open relationship, but I don't know his wife. His wife's not a streamer. I'm not going to bring her into anything. Yeah. Seems like a very nice lady. That's all I have to say. I'm not going to insult her. That's bullshit. I don't yeah. want people doing that to my wife. Yeah. I, don't, I won't do that to anyone ever. You know. But other than that, it's like, you know, what? once he's fallen off, Twitch, it, as bad as the Twitch panels were when you were doing them, they're infinitely worse now. Oh, and they've run out of material to talk about. And yeah. now it's just, who could be the biggest edgelord? I did one the other day. And here's the other thing. If you're a right winger, you're the punching bag that they're bringing up, which I don't care. Yeah. I'll be like the Vince McMahon villain and crush all of them. I don't give a shit. But the problem is, Every time I do one of those panels, the following type of things happen. Uh, I get mass reported on YouTube and a bunch of my videos from two years yep. ago getting community strikes. Yep. Or my Discord channel gets nuked. Or my employer gets called, told that I'm a bigot that hates trans people and so I should be fired. So at some point, it's like I'm on these panels with these 16-year-old kids 
that like are making arguments like, I think one-year-olds should be able to vote. I think we need to talk about sex change for two-year-olds. You know, and you're like, is this for real? And so I'm dealing with the frustration of that. And all I get from my troubles is getting docked. So yeah. at some point you're like, why am I doing this? And that's, yeah. and so that's why, you know, I'll do one-on-one debates. I'm reticent to do panel debates unless it's someone like you that's setting it up where – you know, you would bring on lefties and centrists like Destiny or like GSU Gambit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think he considers himself a lefty, but no. you can actually have disagreements with him and yeah. actual intelligent thought. Yeah. But other than that, I don't do the panels. I'm just done with them because it's a shit show. And, it, you know, it's it's I will be streaming on if you're watching this, I will be on Rumble by the end of next week. I thought you had to pay to live stream on Rumble, which I was unable to do. But no. John sort of talked me through the other day how to do it. So I'll be on there. But the Twitch scene is dead. The yeah. Twitch political stream, and if you're a right-winger, you're fighting the uphill battle of the people that run Twitch. They don't even like politics, and they especially don't like right-wing politics. And hey, if you say the wrong thing about any protected group on there, they'll yep. boot your ass. Real quick, Rob, we got we got to end this because Josh got to go pick up his kids. We're going on uh, two hours and 32 minutes. Are you free this weekend? Uh, not in the weekend, unfortunately. The next day I'll be free. Well, uh, Friday night I'm free. Uh, Saturday and Sunday – my okay, hold on. Let me let me ask you is, this: have, What what times on Saturdays and Sundays are you free at all? Um, are you free in the evenings? I have to get back to you. I got to talk to the boss. I'll still talk to the wife. Here. Okay, because I got this great idea. What if you and I on the weekends did like a show where we talk about a lot of these issues uncensored on Rumble? I would be. I would definitely be down. I would be able if I make time and it's a regular thing. I could do it. Okay. I'm just saying this weekend and next weekend with Christmas, uh, okay, it's yeah. brutal. Oh yeah, I yeah. Got like a, yeah, but yeah, I think that'd be a great idea. I would love to do that. All right, think about it, because yeah, I'm gonna be I'm flying out for Christmas, but maybe next year in the new year we could start some on the weekends, call it our own show. We could actually bring on leftists that want to debate. Cause I feel like we in good conscience would never like bulldoze or a uh, bulldog on their dog pile on somebody. Um, I feel like maybe there could be something there that we can keep it controlled. It's hosted on rumble. We don't have to deal with the Twitch retards. Um, and I think something like yep. that could do a lot of good. Maybe we bring back drunken debates, but on rumble. Yeah, I'm down. Okay. I think it's a great idea. And here's another thing I'll say. It was just real quick to kiss your ass for a moment here. Oh, don't stop. I know Please, how continue. hard it must have been for you to host panels. Uh, I know that you, know, you would kind of interject your opinion for like two minutes. Yeah. But damn, is it hard to moderate something and have an opinion and have to like, I, yeah. I yeah. thought you always did that very even handedly where I could see in your eyes. You're like, holy shit. I'd like to this <laughs> oh but, uh, my God. Yeah. There were so many times, be, especially like Dylan Burns. Dylan. Dylan Burns. I love, I think he's yep. a good dude, but he'd say some stuff and I'm moderating. I'm like, oh my God, I want to say something so fucking yep. bad. <laughs> But anyway, all right, brother. Hey, I want to say thank you for coming on the show today. And I've shared your link. You can find Rob Noir over on Twitch. It's R-O-B-N-O-E-R-R on Twitch. Rob Noir. He streams over there. He does a lot of great stuff over there. He's entertaining. He will talk your fucking ear off. He's very passionate. Uh, I love watching his stuff. He's got a lot of great insights. So, Rob, thank you for coming on the podcast. Definitely want to get with you after the show. Let's talk about setting this up because I got a feeling this could be big. This this could be huge. It could be so huge. All right. Thanks for coming on, Rob. God bless you again. Great meeting you as well, man. Same here, buddy. It was great. uh, Great talking with you. All right. With that being said, folks, we got to wrap up this episode. This episode was brought to you by ShellshockCBD.com. Hey, but first, real quick, if you've enjoyed today's content, think about sponsoring us on Locals. Locals can be like $4.99 a month, $9.99, whatever. We just got another $50 donor for the show. 
Thank you so much. Uh, that little locals tab, it's there on the Rumble page if you want to hit it and you want to go support the community. Four bucks, five bucks a month. If you enjoyed this and you feel like you got something out of it, it helped you kill two hours, think about supporting us over there, and it goes a very long way. Uh, and make sure those that supported us on Twitch, go check to make sure that you're not still doing that because we still got a payout from them of like $300. Um, just, I don't want to see your money going to that, that group of people because I feel like Twitch is just very disingenuous and it's lefty ran as well. But anyway, over on locals, give it a tap, have that link. And I'm telling you, if you want to see more content like this, you want to see more fun things like this. Maybe we do bring back drunken debates only on rumble though. I kind of like that idea. I like the idea of only on rumble. It could be, it could yeah. be huge. It could be something fun. So, all right, folks, uh, we'll see you today is Wednesday. So we'll see you Thursday, tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. Uh, 12 p.m. CST-ish over here on the Rumble page. Also, make sure you can listen to the podcast wherever podcasts are downloaded. You got anything to add, my man? You guys have a great day. And as always, you stay savage, America.